0: Bye.
1: Episode 9 of our Pink Floyd exploration our Pink Floyd journey and we have passed uh, the uh, one of the best selling albums of all time and they are tasked with following up with it uh, I believe at this point when they went to record it they were still getting pre orders and uh, really fulfilling orders for the previous albums so uh, tough task to handle for any band can Pink Floyd live up to the challenge let us take you on a track by track exploration as we do with every band that we cover uh, we've got a special guest here on tonight, our first of the show, actually, uh, just for those of you who haven't listened before, it's always been Alex, Chris, Kevin, and myself uh, just sharing our opinions. Uh, it's a show of opinions, and and uh, we've been doing this uh, for episode, I think this is 33 now, uh, through Van mm-hmm. Halen and Metallica, and and uh, we're now we're more than halfway through Pink Floyd, hard to believe, but uh, we're on 1975 on Wish You Were Here, and uh, Alex, give us a little intro to the guests that you've brought on today.
2: Yes. Mr. Kevin Kylie is on the show with us tonight, a uh, a big Pink Floyd fan and a, and a, I guess a listener of the show at point. So figured it'd be cool to get him on for this album. It's a shorter one. So uh, yeah, Kevin Kylie. For those who don't know, lead singer of the Chicago band Lurk, guitarist of Sourmouth, and uh, probably most notably the axeman for uh, Chicago metalcore legends Within Vast Forms. Wow. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, right? <laughs>
0: Oh, What's up?
2: <laughs> he had the a sound but yeah no kev uh yeah i don't know if you want to give us a little bit of a background and maybe how you got into floyd i know you're a big fan and you've had the pleasure of seeing roger waters live so i don't know if like maybe you got a little tidbit of how you got into the band or kind of what your thoughts seen are roger on Roger live. are you being on the only album. one
3: that has seen roger uh i'm not sure have any of have you guys seen? Uh, no, we just
4: uh, David Gilmore. Yeah, but not Roger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was always
3: I was always a big David Gilmore fan, and because uh, I just you know played guitar and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, my my father in law got us tickets for Roger Waters. Maybe what two, three years ago now he came here. So I think really? like twenty seventeen. No, I was mm-hmm. at uh, United Center, and. I was like blown away. I, I, because I always thought, you know, Gilmore would be better. He's got like a sweeter voice and um, his guitar playing is great. Yeah. I mean, Roger Waters played everything. Like, uh, he played almost all of Dark Side. I don't know if he'd split all the huge tracks and it was, it was great. But, anyways, regarding this record, um, I think I was in seventh grade when I got it. So, probably like 2003, 2002. Um, and I like had, I had known about the wall. I liked the wall and my dad like briefly explained the Sid Barrett story. So I liked the wall and, um, dark side, obviously it was always on the radio. So I went to Best Buy to like dig in and buy like more of their catalog and the guy recommended uh, now you're you really here.
1: dating us, saying you went to Best I Buy. I went to Best Buy,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to Sam Goody. We're not
1: supposed to be old geezers here on yeah. <laughs>
3: the show. But. Yeah, so I, I, the the guy turned me on to it, and I'm glad he did. It's, uh, it's definitely like a deeper, um, I don't know, it's more instrumental. It's just more, it's like the most Pink Floyd record to me. It just sounds like, to me, this record is like the pinnacle of pink floyd and like their sound it's got like great keys synth bluesy i don't know it's just perfect so yeah it's probably my favorite
1: so would you uh say that uh you are a more fan your your what's your opinion on the earlier pink floyd because i know as a group the four of us are pretty split uh kevin's in the dumpster with them uh alex is (laughs) not too much of a fan Um, Chris seems to be a little uh, positive And I'm, uh, I guess you could call a Sid Barrett fanboy Or at least a Richard Wright fanboy for sure What are your thoughts on the band up to this point?
3: Um, Like when I was a kid It like fascinated me Because my dad just explained it As like they had, uh, you know, this singer before And he went crazy, you know He did a bunch of acid and he like lost his mind and, And so when I listened to The Wall it, and all those songs are about him uh it like freaked me out like i it was like folklore like just really he was like a mystical figure to me so i and then i listened to stuff and i thought it was kind of silly at the time you know it's like you know the gnome and all that stuff but <laughs> yeah now it, you know almost 30 years old i think it's so cool like so sick like just weird the weirder the better like i don't know i think he was Mm -hmm. a pioneer of psychedelic music and experimental music and i don't know i think it'd be interesting to see what would happen in a timeline without sid barrett like even with the beatles uh and like modern psych rock it's all Mm -hmm. inspired by sid barrett and not pink floyd even after his departure so Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i think uh I've come around to it more in my adult life. I still don't listen to it, you know. I I don't just like pop on Piper or anything right. like that, and yeah, and so jam in it, the
1: Kevin but, t- category there. No. Yeah, but I mean, I appreciate like no,
3: yeah, no, no diss on on that stuff, but yeah.
1: Well, the. The timeline thing is fascinating, I think, just because Pink Floyd uh, and, and the way that we've covered them and the way that they released records just gave us such an insight into the development of their band where usually, I mean, you've got like with Van Halen, you've got the zero demos and, you know, I don't know how much more there is to Metallica pre Kill Them All. But with Pink Floyd, you get a whole, you know, transition, um, you know, through when they were left rudderless, essentially, with Sid to be able to pick it up to finally finding their footing. You know, maybe, you know, they might disagree, but I really like Adam Hart Mother. Um, they really start to to develop their own sound probably uh, once they've left the confines of Alan's Psychedelic Breakfast and then you get uh, um, you know, get echoes and they're really starting to hone in their sound and Dark Side really blew up and uh, here we are with Wish You Were Here. So in summary, what would you give this record out of 10 and what would kind of be your one sentence review of this uh, this album?
3: Me? Yep. Uh, hmm. I don't know if any record is perfect, but if Dark Side's a 10... 'Cause I think by te- technicality, Dark Side should be a ten. I don't know. It's like the high one of the highest selling records of all time. It is perfect in my eyes. Um I would give this a nine point five or a nine.
2: Strong nine, I'll say.
1: We'll start with the nine and then we'll see if we sure. can be worked up or down from there. Okay, cool. Alex, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to actually go with nine. I know I started off dark side with nine and then I eventually like lowered it to an 8.5, which is not much. But uh, I think what really helps this album a lot is that it's only technically five songs. Like if you're looking at the like modern day CD track listing there's like really no filler here where I know on dark side, we argue that maybe there was one track that could have been considered filler in our eyes, which I don't know if people agree with that or not, but this it's <laughs> like, it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently not. But like, apparently <clears throat> just for listening to this today, I'm like, this sucks because like part of the show, part of the fun is we have to like flush one and get rid of one. Just playing devil's advocate here just for the fun of the show. And I'm like, I really don't know. Cause like everything just totally makes sense. And I actually spent the time to like read the lyrics today. And I watched the wish you were here documentary like earlier this week to get a sort of better understanding on the background of the album. And I said, it's, it's nice and concise. And I almost think it's like an 80, it's like an eighties album five years prior to 1980. Like I'm hearing synth effects that I would hear, flock of seagulls do in the 80s and with like Iran, and i'll talk about that in a little bit but i'll say nice and concise and yeah an 80s album five years prior
4: sure chris you sit in the middle where are you um yeah funny enough i wanted to give this a 10 but there's one issue i have uh, which i'll wait until we get to the song by song um uh so i will give it a a strong nine I really love how much clearer Rogers' lyrics are here. I mean, there is not a lot of you don't really. There's nothing's really ambiguous. Everything really. I mean, you read, uh, and I mean, he's made it clear to. I mean, a lot of these songs are about Sid, uh, and what, uh, and as far as kind of the emotional, whatever you want to call it, of him not being there. Uh, And the music itself is a lot more universal. Maybe that's why um, it connected uh, the way that it did, Uh, even more than Dark Side, I think, uh, because Dark Side, I think, still has. Not not that this album doesn't have like kind of the wandering like long pieces, but I think the music here is much more kind of traditional, kind of uh, uh, pop rock if you want to call it that. Even the long songs have a very kind of finite structure, uh, unlike in the past where everything it was just kind of throw like like I've said in past episodes, like throwing a dart at a board and seeing what sticks or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, here they yeah they really kind of yeah they did a lot better. Uh, So yeah, like Roger's lyrics and the music much more universal, 9 out of 10. (laughs)
1: Okay. Yeah, I always thought that this was my favorite Pink Floyd album. Going into this show uh, or this, this episode series, I always felt like this would be the apex for me. Um, And then really in the exploration of what we do here, I I really um, started to grow a deeper appreciation um, from a deeper appreciation. I had no appreciation for a lot of the early stuff uh, simply because I really hadn't listened to it at all. And I really started to appreciate, um, you know, particularly Richard Wright and, uh, you know, his, um, you know, his songwriting and his really his exploration. And and really, um, you know, by the time we got here, I almost feel like we're now we're in known territory, so it's harder for me to evaluate. Like I don't have that excitement anymore. You know, I've heard these songs so many times, so you know I I don't want to let my 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 pre existing opinion influence too much. You know, objectively what uh, you know what we have in front of us here, but you know, like the magic doesn't seem to hold as strong as it would for an album like, for example, Van Halen's Fifty One Fifty, which has always held strong for me. Um, I, I do think in listening to this and and thinking about it deeper as a it's not a concept album, but kind of like a loose concept album, the way Pink Floyd does concept albums that, you know, like this, 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 you know, An album on the machinery that broke Sid is really the theme of every song here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in evaluating it that way, I feel like it is one bold idea away from a perfect 10. And I mean a perfect 10. But because they didn't execute that idea, and, you know, who am I to argue? This album was 15 years before I was born, so, like, I had no, you know, like, no influence whatsoever or really ability to, you know, really critique an album that sold so much but you know I, I i'll have to give it an 8.5 because i really feel like the pieces are all there and i'll share this later you know when we get there but it's very like everything's there for a 10 but it just doesn't execute fully and i'm kind of disappointed that we're no longer seeing the recording studio as an instrument it feels like that part of it's gone And it's, you know, probably because they're so high, you know, they're hot selling, you know, they're not going to put a, you know, a Sisyphus or a, um, you know, an Adam Hart mother on something anymore, but it felt like up to prior albums up to this point, like the studio was an instrument and I don't really feel like it's there anymore. So I'm kind of missing that. And that's where I'll be at an 8.5. Kevin, close it out.
0: Hmm.
5: Oh, a lot of good thoughts here. It's actually tough now to go last. <laughs> um, yeah. No, well, you'll be I the am... first to flush or or terminate, so that'll be fun. Oh, boy. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm going to join in. Those of you who were, were hoping that I'd give this a 2 or something are uh, going to be disappointed <laughs> um, because I'm going to end up giving this a 9 out of 10. Uh <sighs> what do you say about this album honestly i have to agree with alex that i find it to be a perfect length um, i almost feel if they had strayed any longer you're unsure of of where that would have gone and i'm unsure like i don't listen to any of these songs and i feel like oh maybe it could have something could have been added here or anything like that it just it's bookended very nicely. I enjoy that concept. And it almost reminded me of Dark Side on these listens where it's starting the way it began. You know, we we began with the heartbeat, we close with the heartbeat. Uh, in this case, it's we begin with Shine You Crazy Diamond, we close in in a similar way. Um, it doesn't get a 10 out of for me because when I was thinking about it, it doesn't have that sense of, you know, that cultural pervasiveness that Dark side has, where it is just seeped into the culture. And, and yeah, for better like, or for worse, like, like you can say, you know.
2: The yeah, there's, a, re- there's yeah. a reason why you see Dark side t-shirts at, like, Target and stuff. And, like, that's the icon, which you don't really see Wish You Were Here shirts, at least, at least I'm not looking right. at that. I don't know.
5: But I, I feel like it is... Probably and maybe this is just my opinion, but maybe the band's most complete musical work. Just in, if you're talking about start to finish, all the way through. So yeah, that's that's where my nine out of ten comes from, and also probably one of my favorite album covers of all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I have to yeah, say I it's mean... just it's classic. Uh, there's so much to talk about Pink Floyd album covers, but. Yeah. I can't not think of this album without the cover. Right. Lo- love the story you behind know, it too. Is, yeah.
4: I,
1: yeah. yeah. It's funny if I'm looking at other album covers at Pink Flake, you know. Okay, so if I'm okay throwaway, throw away Adam Hart and Metal because those are just crap album covers. Um, but Dark Side, Wish You Were Here, Animals and the Wall, I put Wish You Were Here at the bottom of that list when it comes to album really? covers. No, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know, like the wall is so it's so set up for stage and it's been so <laughs> you know plastered across uh you know it, it literally lit the sky and and um you know animals is that that uh that power plant is so strong and mm-hmm. just it's such a evoking image and dark side you can't argue with that so i'm not saying wish you were here is bad but you know in, in terms of like their 70s output um you know i it's a decent cover
5: i just i don't see the the, the magic i just it. feel it's the one of the ones that makes me think the most out of those Sure. Yeah. Just maybe it's just the guy. Time the guy handshake yeah. with the guy on fire. So yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if that's like, uh, well, and, no, and do, how seventies do those how seventies do those guys look?
2: Oh, the suits. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah.
3: Suits, I think that the the album cover house, is really so, cool yeah. because it's it's I guess the metaphor of getting burned. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. The, the album revolves around the music industry in most of it. You know, with either with Sid or with like have a cigar, and so it's like. Mm-hmm. that like sums it up pretty well too, I think, because mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Really, right, it's, uh, it's, really it's, symbolic.
4: It's, right. It's definitely representative of the, I mean, the other album covers, you don't really, I mean, they're all very Im- image based. Uh, they're kind of obscure. Exactly. I mean, like the animal plant, like, okay, you don't really know what, uh, but yeah, with the, with having a little bit of knowledge about the music, you can kind of, you can, you can you can find the path to what wish you were here was about through the record cover a lot quicker than the other three yeah sure.
0: yeah
1: yeah it's an important thing to consider with uh, a band putting out albums because they were putting out vinyls they're putting out records and uh, album art was a big part of it um you know there were famous album artists uh you know uh, that were drawing for bands but uh it, we talk mostly music on this show so let's get to that kevin take it away
5: all right we're going to start off with uh, parts one to five of shine on you crazy Diamond." <laughs> In such a long song but listening to this this past week it's just it strikes me how almost every solo and every note is just etched into my brain and it's not a lot of songs that can do that where I'm like oh yes this solo and you can feel just exactly where it's taking you exactly where the melodic line is leading and I, I think that's part of the magic to this opening
0: yeah,
1: well, David Gilmour really had honed his um, sound to the point where you can hear it in your head, and it's almost kind of like that famous um, video of Rush playing Y Y Z live in Brazil, which is yeah, yeah. like the, the entire audience is singing along to the instrumental. <laughs> yeah, and like I feel like you're, you're, you you kind of like get that with David here, where you can just you know exactly where he's going. There's no surprise, and you know, like this this is an album I feel like where definitely um, you know it, it, you know Roger bring in his lyrics and David bring in the music together. Just, um, you know, uh, these last two albums have been such a good partnership. And, you know, I really feel like I was just thinking about David Gilmore as a, uh, a guitarist. And this is going to be a really, really odd comparison. This might be one of Mark's, uh, strange comparisons Mark's odd, we haven't done yeah. in a while. Um, I am going to compare David Gilmore and Drake. They're not <laughs> virtuosos, but they just know what sounds good. I don't. Like don't I, that, that, I, I, they're, they're, they're good at sounding good. I love, good. That's I what they love are.
5: the stares that you're getting right here. This <laughs> I, is. Well, I, I wish. Know. I wish we could post a photo with with, with no, this reaction. No, my, well, my, I my actually issue do is, know what you're talking. Yeah, about.
4: I don't. I, I don't know enough about Drake to. But uh, I'm guessing yeah, based on what you're saying is that he's very kind of like a minimalistic approach, but maximum impact. Like no, that no, no, kind of. No, he, he's just yeah.
1: good at sounding good.
4: Okay. Yeah. The voices in I will lead say, him the right way.
5: I will say that when. I hear his songs on the radio, it is kind of a David Gilmore effect where I know instantly based on the style and the production that, yep, yeah, this is a Drake song. Yeah, It can be it can be one bar into the song and up oh, yeah, this is what it is. It's
3: smooth. He's he plays like butter. Like yeah. there's no like annoying not that it's annoying to sh- to shred, but he like plays for the part like oh man. And then of the weed. Yeah, like yeah. what are like slow, like nice eerie intro and then plays like the creamiest slow blues solo
2: oh man the
1: the riffs are so simple yeah it's just the way they ring out yeah i know it's
2: fun. oh go ahead well i was just gonna say speaking of that riff and it's it's funny it's funny that kevin's on the show because i mean i i guess my story of maybe first I'll, i'll backpedal but my my story of kind of first kind of experiencing this album was I, I know I mention him all the time in the show, but uh, Tim, who Kevin and I went to high school, and actually Kevin Kylie knows him as well. Uh, he was a big Pink Floyd fan, probably still is. And I, we were coming, I was coming home from band practice, and I think he lent me this CD. And this was in high school, so I don't know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and I just remember that iconic clean intro, that eerie riff. And I always knew that, you know, there were some hit songs on this, but this song in particular kind of like fell to the wayside for me for a while. Cause I kind of like have a cigar, I always heard, and Welcome to the Machine was always on the radio and wish you were here. And you mm-hmm. kind of like didn't listen to the bookend songs here. And believe it or not, it wasn't until recently where Kev Kylie, you played this riff. Like, I don't know if it was at your house or at practice or what, but I mean you actually have like the black. David Gilmore, I mean, not his, but, like, you Mm -hmm. have the same, you know, black guitar, black pickguard, white pickups, maple neck, and I remember, like, hearing that and being like, okay, that riff is, that's sick. That's just so iconic. iconic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and I had to go home that night and learn it and put this on, and I'm like, okay, this song rips.
3: And the way that it, like, starts the song by itself, and there's, like, that space where you don't know when it's coming back, it's like a bell tolling or something, (laughs) and then it, like, keeps... there's more and more of it and it's like oh my god yeah and one thing i was
2: and one thing i was going to say too about the strat tones here and not i don't know maybe kev you can like comment more on this being like more of an engineer but the tones on this it almost sounds like he's going direct into the board like it almost doesn't sound like it's through an amp like it doesn't really have i don't know if it's like the reaver but you know what i mean it's almost got a little bit more of a it's like it's almost so clean that it's like it sounds like it's di almost
5: Especially like that first, that first solo during the synth The, intro. the
2: solo, I mean. Yeah. Oh yeah.
5: man, yeah. It's just the from the first right. pick, the, the pick attack is just is just dead on. Like seven my, minutes. I, I the first one I played was that we started at four oh four.
0: Love that little
5: harmonary just for those yep. two notes. Yeah. There's something about the bottom of his
1: tone too that just really fills out yeah. when, when he drops down. Yeah, he mm. gets the fat out yeah, of the uh, out thin. of the strat sound. Yes. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the
4: big. Yeah, that's. I think he kind of really brought that to the foray. I mean, for an era that was. Kind of all about, like, the Gibson, yeah, just that fad kind of, like, like Alex, I like think what you were talking about last like, night, no, I don't need a, I don't need a Strat, like, oh, this is too thin, and then you plug in, you're like, oh, okay, it's like, I just didn't spend enough time with it, and now it's like, okay, I get why some of, like, the the legends, yeah, picked a simple Use tool it. like that, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a beginner
1: yeah, yeah. guitar, you walk away from it, and then you come back to it.
3: But, uh. I feel but, like yeah, the Strat is very on your hand, too. It's oh, like yeah. How, it, it expresses how you play.
4: Right, and I will I mean, I, I'm a Gibson guy. I mean, I'll admit it. But yeah, with a Strat, it really m- makes you kind of really have to pay attention to how you're playing because it really is responsive to how you play, not necessarily what you're uh, mm-hmm. what you're playing. I and mean, you see, it like this kind of song, I mean, very subtle, but very yeah. But again, I use that term, maximum impact. It's all there, even with those simple two, like four, uh, those little four note line that, that I mean, when you think of this album, that's one about that. I mean, it's funny just a simple and i think even david gilmore in interviews has said yeah like i don't know where that get yeah, but it's like but it's one of the things you think about when you think of this or it's just that simple little and it puts you in that yeah. space too of the riff. Um, where you're like okay
2: if, here we go like it's if really that, if that riff was on any other guitar i don't think it would have been the same like you need you need the bite that you need the bite to it yeah yeah it's
1: right in the range right. too, the mid-range that that Let's dig
2: into
4: the and uh, yeah, it's funny, Kev. you played the the, that that solo part was my kind of massive warm blanket moment, (laughs) yeah. That
5: oh, there are so many on this entire, yeah, Yeah. cool guy, yeah, (laughs) handing them (laughs) out, right?
4: Exactly, it's uh, again, that's like
5: we're gonna be visiting the hot tub uh, this album, right? I know, yeah,
4: yeah, we'll see. Other there there are a few, but yeah, but this uh, yeah, this song, it was just uh, like like Kevin Kylie said, yeah, it's like he knows like. All the notes, or even when you got those kind of blank moments, as soon as you hear that guitar, it's like everything is placed so perfectly. It's it's just, uh, I mean, that's why I mean David Gilmore is considered that kind of on that scale. It's like okay, he's the feel guy. He's he knows exactly where things need to go. He's not gonna drown you out like a lot of modern players do, where it's like okay, I just got to cover the whole fretboard because that's what's Drake? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, um, <laughs> but uh, I want to hear Drake cite David Gilmore as an influence. Yeah, right. Um, I also wanted to
1: play uh, at 9:47 uh, as well because I just love the turnaround here, just especially because when you're writing something, you know, blues-based, it can kind of just get repetitive. And uh, I love the throw. I mean, it just feels like a Richard Wright idea. I don't know who takes credit for it, but at uh, I'll dial it up. Uh, it's at 9:47. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got Queen in it. It's got. I was just gonna
2: say, feel. it's very classical era. Yeah, yeah I, I was I just about to out. say, like Queen. Yeah, and and I, I know we're running a little long here, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. I guess with kind of my thoughts here, if anybody wants to jump in after me, but yeah, oh, you do thing. Yeah. yeah, you you don't yeah. have to play it, but I was saying in my like one statement where the actually the very beginning of the song before guitar even starts, there's some sound effects going on where. I said it. It sounds like I've heard it in like a flock of seagulls. Like I ran that song. I, f- I feel like I heard it. The sprinkling, synth the sprinkling sound. synth. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then I gotta say too. It's almost like oh, a are you playing it? Sound. Mm-hmm. It yeah, at yeah, this point, sampling mm-hmm. was pretty, but, pretty new.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is all analog though, and just like yeah. them, yeah, messing uh, with stuff. I of yeah, know. Well,
1: in seventy-five, it had to be. But yeah. you know, what was the first sampler? Was uh, um, you know, like seventy-nine or seventy-eight.
5: Yeah, what was that? The syn synclavier. Synclavier, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And he definitely, uh, definitely wasn't here. Yeah, I wanted
4: uh, other, point? Yeah, I wanted to touch on as far as uh, and again, I don't. I know Roger kind of because he is kind of a kind hard headed, but I like you can see. Yeah, uh, he still hasn't gotten over Sid. I mean, as far as I mean, across all these songs, but I love how the song really sets up. Kind of, it's almost like a retrospective of putting like Sid through his prime. Like you can almost and I know with a lot of documentaries that have been out there, they usually use this song as the, like when they're showing pictures from that mid or, like mid sixties era where they're all together, where you see him like in his, yeah, before like all the horrible mental breakdown. And it, uh, mm-hmm. I think this song perfectly kind of sets it up where it almost like builds to that moment where he's uh, kind of out of the band. And then along with the lyrics too, which I, I just wanted to point a few out. And you can see, this is what I was talking in my opening statements as far as you were, know, um, yeah where Roger really gets in the literal Uh, Where he really paints the picture very well, where there's no hidden as far as what he's feeling, what him really knowing Sid, Uh, where you've got yeah, now there is a look in your black eyes like black holes in the sky. Yeah, it's yeah, and that's what it is. I mean, especially towards the end there, yeah, that's it. When they saw that he was gone, and I just Mm -hmm. love the way that he phrased, uh, yeah, phrased that, Uh, and also kind of reflecting on kind of Sid dealing with his surroundings. Where yeah, come on, you target for faraway laughter where were people, whether it was record exec or the fan or whatever, seeing him kind of like, "Oh God, man, he's really kind of messed up." Oh man, that's not good. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I just really yeah kind of appreciated Roger's kind of yeah uh, the 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 phrase word and phrasing here. I thought
2: was perfect.
4: Yeah, for yeah, that
2: sure. the lyrics are One great. last comment yeah. too
1: on, on, the, uh, can, on the music.
2: Can you please mention Dick Perry coming back, please?
1: Because because oh, yeah. I appreciate oh, yeah. I, pr- I
2: appreciate him and. being back dude that sounds so steely dan to me sexy sexy
1: here's what i'll say though is that his tone is better on dark side he's a bit
4: honky it's very dry too in my my opinion here yeah yeah,
5: it is i think i read someplace where the first solo was Barry sax and the second one was tenor Yeah, tenor and baritone sax on Shine On You Crazy Diamond, which is pretty interesting. The berry getting pulled out. Yeah,
1: I mean, the berry's a little...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for all uh, you berry players players out there.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I've never been a huge fan of the baritone sax as an alto guy. But um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to comment too on the intro to this song. Just those lush soundscapes. And just how evocative that is to me of um, you know uh, like a Michael Mann film like Heat and Elliot Goldenthal's work and just you know I just think like that scene where uh, uh, Robert De Niro walks in on um, you know finds that uh, Val Kilmer's character is you know kicked out of his house and spent the night at his beachfront home and it's all awash in blue and amazing scene. uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, that's it's it's so rich and thick uh and for nineteen seventy five just like as Kevin was mentioning just the the analog synths can't be beat, but it's kind of just a touch of like modern you know sampling or d- maybe it's just the way they process the effects very subtle right. um but definitely there
5: you feel like you could load up Absinthe today and try and get something like that, but maybe not come as as rich or as warm yeah so yeah um we're going to move on to track number two and uh, some lyrics here. Rogers bringing the heat with Welcome to the Machine.
1: of 10 instrumentation wise if it weren't for that solo synth there it's a bit too mogey but other than that the instrumentation on this song is unreal Mm -hmm. just the way that they sit in their ranges that's a very high vocal range for Pink Floyd but it just sits there and this that white noise sounding synth underneath the way it pans Mm -hmm. Um, the the, the acoustics they they all have their own space like this has got to be one of the best compositions that I've heard in the rock genre when it comes to instrumentation. Like it is unreal when you listen to this and how it's all so smooth yet it's about, you know, when you think of a machine, you just think of just like this, I mean, what they're talking about, it's really, you know, if I'm interpreting it correctly, the music industry and it's well oiled and it's just gritty and it just churns out, um, you know, which one's pink um, as we'll hear later, but like, it's definitely, like the the way that they painted that picture with such smooth sounds, I think was pure mastery. Like this is one of my favorite Pink Floyd songs and really I think one of the best examples of them not being virtuosos, but being instrumentalists or being, um, you know, uh, arrangers or uh, just in, in terms of putting together something that they just are dialed in and know exactly what sounds
4: good. Yeah, I, l- I like how the, uh, uh, how the aco- I think that's an acoustic guitar. That's not Dave Strat, right? I mean, the the, the strumming guitar, I think, is uh, just an acoustic.
5: I think that's a 12-string. Oh, is it?
4: Okay. 12-string. I just, uh, but it uh, like yeah, it. right. Yeah, my point, though, is just I love how it sits with the, like, the electronics. I mean, it really is unusual for, you got a very kind of kind of basic instrument Yeah, mixing just melding so well with all these unusual kind of grinding uh yeah uh very dry and harsh sounding electronic sounds i don't know maybe that just adds to the kind of the helpless feel of the song it was kind of funny when i was typing my notes up for this um, my phone autocorrected a statement that i had and i actually liked the autocorrect where i was i (laughs) It was, it was interesting. I don't know if they, it's like where just how things kind of turn out. But I I wanted as far as in the lyrics, yeah, uh, I was initially trying to write planting the seeds of destruction as an artist, but it changed it to distraction. And I thought, yeah, when you think of it, I mean, this song really does deal with I mean, where you have these dreams of, of getting to the top, but then when you get there, it's not yeah what you're you're kind of a lot of the time you're kind of pushed off the path a little bit and i'm like that's really good because I, I sat there i'm like oh that's stupid i'm not like wait a minute and i had like this aha moment i'm like no i'm gonna keep that that's actually better <laughs> that's actually mm-hmm. planting more the prop- seeds
1: of distraction and certainly yeah. fitting to any rock uh journey up the top you know to a long way to the top and there's a lot of uh exit paths
4: right because you somewhere. see a lot of this where yeah the guy gets to there and then it's like you've got the uh, provided with toys and scouting for boys looking for whether it's your band or entourage uh uh where you start out simply playing guitar but you don't really know that ultimately when you get there uh yeah it's it's not going to be yeah exactly what you thought as a young man or a young kid uh where you get to the top and then it's like no this is what you're going to do yeah, not what you dreamed about doing and i i like that it's like yeah, there's all these it's kind of like you reached the goal and it's not yeah uh ultimately how you're going to go about doing it is not is not as easy as you think so yeah, I'd like that
5: little kind of that little tidbit. Uh, I, I I feel like this song takes some of what they were doing for "On the Run" and kind of ratchets it up into a song. Structure. Oh
4: yeah, like massively. Like yeah,
5: you <laughs> have like some of these these synths. Like it's it is so synth heavy, but I feel like I don't know. I may might disagree with Mark a little bit on the studio is not a part of this because I can't see. Anybody but Pink Floyd doing a song like that who is so experienced in the studio and so experienced in experimentation. And, and yeah, but is that Pink Floyd or, like,
1: or is that the engineer?
5: Uh, yeah, but it's not like they wrote the song. You have to, if, if it's as well composed as you say, you can't write something like this
1: yeah well arranged i should say and
5: and i was okay, gonna yeah. and i was gonna say like hearing
2: a song like this it makes total sense why Barbit schroeder tagged them to do the soundtrack for more and obscured by clouds because you listen to this and yeah maybe like you said they're, they're not maybe like shredders or virtuosos but they have such an ear for making like an illustrative music piece like like Chris, you said you hear this and you see like a factory or it's kind of dirgy And you can like... I I, I hear this song and I think of like the Terminator or I think of the cover of Animals or something like that. And it's very like factory-based and I feel like I would be hearing like steam and shit going off. And it's like they crafted that so well. And the fact that there's like no drums on this song and you could still be engaged throughout the whole part of it. And yeah, like you said, I love the panning of the effects and... Lyrics are fantastic, and I remember vividly this song, hearing it all the time on 97.9, The Loop, which was like the local Chicago rock radio station here. Mate, rest in peace, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And like before I had like an iPod, I it, it sounds like so ancient, but I would literally do this because I was such a fan of the radio station where I would take like my mom's little transistor radio and it literally sounds like I'm in 1975 here, but I would put this transistor radio like on the side of my bed and fall asleep to 97.9, and like eventually they would get into the interviews and stuff and I would wake up with the song playing. But this song always came on and I always like I look for it and I never knew what album it was on because I couldn't shazam it and there was no iTunes or anything. So I'm like, what's this machine song? And eventually I found it and it it's such a staple. You know? This is
1: the kind of music that you put on to fall asleep to, but seven minutes and thirty two seconds later you're still
3: awake.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: like it, it's oh, deceivingly yeah. soft
5: i wouldn't and put what this to fall asleep
3: it sounds like hell it does it's dark yeah <laughs> it sounds well, like I mean, this, the, the way it
1: starts too is yeah, very the door ribbon. shutting just, like
3: an opening yeah true yeah. So cool. it's, it's about as
4: dark as ambient ever got as far as yeah but just the pace of it is very yeah. serene
3: yeah right but it's, awesome. it's
4: so dark it's just such
1: a contrast of emotions
4: I thought that was interesting, too, in the end where you've got like where it sounds like the car's taking off, but then it goes into like almost like a out of the atmosphere kind of. And again, that kind of that alludes to the to, to the core of the topic of the song, too, where it's like you're kind of you're gone. You've you had this dream and now you're in some kind of unrealistic or whatever, kind of outside the, the bounds of reality. Uh, and I thought that was because at first I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And I'm like, OK, now I kind of is an older man now or whatever. Yeah, it's like you kind of you put it all together. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's kind of a nice fitting end to it. Yeah. Sure. And one thing about their music that always was really
1: unique is that it. aged so well. I mean, I've always said that music is so great because it preserves a moment captured on time that is forever fresh, but, you know, it still ages in terms of your perception of, of culture and and, and and all that, but, you know, does this sound like 1970s? Like, yeah, it absolutely sounds like 72, 73, 75, uh, you know, uh, but in, in a way it doesn't. It, it's it's mm-hmm. got this just strange timelessness to it, even if the sounds are completely out of that era.
5: But h- isn't that only been since recently though because how how long were we talking about like pink floyd still in the 60s you know so it's it's i feel like that's maybe only a recent phenomenon for pink floyd oh yeah it's, which it's which makes these on. albums special obviously so.
2: well,
1: we Were we talking last record how it just didn't sound like does it sound like early 70s at all
5: no like it honestly
1: sounds like yeah. it could be 2000 and uh you know 12 or something
5: yeah these days sure so all right We're going to dig into the middle of the album with...
4: about a uh, painting a picture um and it's about as literal as you can get but along and the music is just very sleazy too i don't know just the way that it's very funky very kind of where you can kind of pitch being in the like the record execs off and just the way that he writes i mean he i mean yeah roger really must have been bugged by just be by those kind of meetings because you can say he just picked up on Mm -hmm. the bs which uh i'm sure a lot of people weren't smart enough back then unfortunately a lot of bands that got burned but uh uh, but yeah, you've got, yeah, Uh, or, yeah, as far as, yeah, yeah, they're going to love you. Well, I've always had a deep respect. I mean, that most sincere where it's like, yeah, it's just typical kind of, yeah, just to get you. The band is just fantastic. Uh, that is really what I think. And it's like, OK, yeah, that was kind of very kind of astute, uh, especially kind of at the height of the album rock era yeah, for uh, at least one guy in a band to be kind of, yeah, yeah, not kind of sucked in by it. Uh, though I think he was always like that, though. I think Roger always had kind of, a, yeah, it was very kind of yeah, non-trusting of any Uh, any of the people at the top of the music industry Uh, but uh, but yeah I got just yeah the the guitar playing is very unique it's hard to explain but yeah it's got like this very it just fits the theme Uh, I uh, 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 yeah Kev if you could play at uh, 55 I love the transition there as far as kind of going into the out of the guitar into the uh, yeah it was 55 seconds (laughs) Yeah, you can almost. Coming. Yeah, you can almost feel like it's just panning into the office. It's almost like an overhead shot. You can just picture, yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of like mm-hmm. what, what we were talking about, like obscured by clouds, where you close your eyes and you can feel yeah, the song just. Uh, and I know that that uh, the the intro song on that album, I know, is more of an instrumental, but it's still it, it was very well. It kind of made you put you in a specific place, and this just does it. I picture the
1: smoky blue leather interior of a 1970 yeah. Rolls Royce.
4: Yeah, Cruising oh down, yeah,
1: you know, Sunset Boulevard on the way to the Capitol Records building and <laughs> just got some fat cat with a cigar, you right? Know, he's offering you one,
4: right? It was kind of funny, I guess. Um, it was funny, I was reading some excerpts from the Rolling Stone um review of this album, and I guess uh, this was one of the songs, yeah, that I guess the guy had a problem with, and specifically where I guess he was complaining that Roger was just too literal when it came to what he was writing about, where he didn't really. And uh, but I th- I think it's great though I think he I think Roger does it very well where it's you don't there's nothing is hidden I mean his mm-hmm. his point is right there for everybody to read yeah he's he's picking up on all the bullshit I mean really yeah he and he's writing it as yeah he's
2: experiencing it and I yeah I really thought that was great um, mm-hmm. and, yeah I agree. Uh, I I, yeah. I appreciate a lot of the lyrics here I'm like I, I've said before I'm not usually a lyrics guy unless it's you know for a band that's like so well known for their lyrics, like a Smiths or I don't know who else, like I would say, but like somebody where like, yeah, the music's great, but like, it's really the lyrics that are kind of driving that band and just being a guitar player. I've always focused more on the music here and I've always loved the music on this song. Um, And to be honest, it wasn't until recently and maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I never knew that wasn't a Pink Floyd member on vocals. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: Like, I didn't I just, either, like, like, until a couple of years ago. And, yeah.
2: and, and I found out why it's because both Dave and Roger took a shot at it and they just couldn't get it quite where they were. And like I appreciate them, you know, not throwing their ego out there and doing, you know, sacrificing themselves and finding somebody that could do the best thing they could for the right. song. And I mean, the first time I really kind of got into this song was through another band and... and I mean, Kev Nadolsky, you'll know just because, you know, we went to high school together. I'm such a big Foo Fighters fan and they did a cover of this and uh, Taylor, their drummer, sang it. And it's just like, man, if Foo Fighters like are Pink Floyd fans and they can cover like a deep cut track like that, maybe not a deep cut track, but it's not like a uh, wish you were here or a time or something or a money. It's like a little less well known. So it made me sort of bend an ear to it a little bit more. And you were mentioned obscured by clouds. And I know there's that song on there called when you're in, where we were kind of talking about how it's kind of '70s San Francisco mm-hmm. yeah. funk, like brown, brown tweed suit, like dirty hairy. And I wonder if they sort of took that idea and threw it into here. Cause you can kind of hear that similarity musically. Oh least. yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And i know Kev, Kev, Kylie. I know you said this is one of your least favorite songs on the album. Were Well, no, I'm, it's,
3: it, not a bad song i it used to be my favorite like right, when right. i got the record this is right. the only one that i knew, well i knew issue here i guess that's not true but yeah i don't know i always like ditch the singles like i, I always feel <laughs> like like if i listen to Nevermind, i skip smells like teen spirit because you know, like, <laughs> it's so i don't
0: know over, why it's so overplayed
3: yeah. yeah and same with this one like the like, when I first heard the chorus with the synth line, they are like... Da, na, na, na. I thought that was so cool. Right. And now I hear it, and I'm like... I just, like, I'm kind of sick of it. Burned and, out, like, yeah. <laughs> when I listen to this record, I just want to, like, sink in to the front and the back of it. I mean, that's why I listen to this record. And then, you know, bonus is the middle chunk. But, like, this one is more upbeat. It's more, like, just rock. Yeah. Which is cool. But there's not, like, much, like... It, it, there's not, like, much ambience to it, really. It's kind of a, like a, a
2: rock single. In you know? a way, it's almost kind of like an outlier to the rest of the record. Yeah, like, it's, it's an objectively a great song, but it's, like, you know, the... It
3: feels like money. How money is on dark side to me, yes. is how this is on this record, where it's, like, the hard kind of, like... Both, yeah.
5: both of them side two openers, too.
3: Yeah, like, it's, like, made for radio, like, mm. like, okay... You know, if you're bored and if you, like, need a, like, hard rock jam, then that's, like, the one. Sure. Would so. this
5: be one of those fabled um, producer tells the band to go write a hit so they write a song trashy? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But then they didn't even sing it, so. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Joke's on them. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't gonna, know. Th- yeah. yeah.
1: This is, this is oh. where, since we're talking lyrics, since we're talking order, I'm going to... Uh, Put this area. This is where I'm going to drop my bold idea, on what takes this album from an 8.5 to a 10 for me. Have a cigar. You know how big I am on opening lyrics to a record. Um, you know oh, yeah. I, I always loved mine all mine, and the way "Forgive Me, Father, For I've Sinned" and Metallica did it a bunch of times. They were just totally aced it. Um, come, in, come in here, dear boy. Have a cigar. I love the opening of this track. So for my bold idea, what I do, this is the opener and it is a hard rock opener, hard (laughs) rock in quotes, because it's surrounded by uh, stuff that is very more ethereal. Um, And it's the perfect intro. Like if you're thinking about the narrative of this album, Mm. after they've come out with dark side, after they've sold 600 or 6 million records, they're still back ordered for the previous album, you know, have a cigar. You're gonna go far, by the way. Which one's pink? You know, like it's it's just a perfect opener to somebody who's leaving, who's who's you closed out that movie, and now they're watching this one. Then go to Welcome to the Machine because that's like when it gets real. You know, like you you you've you've, you've, you've gotten your cigar, you've you've gotten your gold, your your platinum record. Now, welcome to the machine. Welcome to how it really really. Is. How are feeling?
2: I, then, it, yeah, yeah. I and almost, then what I do? I, I, almost, I take. Oh sorry Mike. I was yeah, just going to say I, 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 I almost agree with that because I was listening to the song today and the fact that it comes after Welcome to the Machine it doesn't make any sense. It's almost yeah, the di- right. it's like the diet version of Welcome to the Machine cuz like the li- uh, if you're talking lyrics only. Like it's cool but it's almost like kind of you know, restating the point that was already there and welcome to the machine. And I feel like welcome to the machine does it a little bit better. So if you kind of start the album with this and then you hit track two and it's like, all right, here we really are. It's like the non diet sure, version. You, you it kind of works. That it, is right? true.
3: Lyrically. Although, lyrically. Although if that were the case, I know I would skip this song then every time. <laughs> because something open, about being, welcome to the machine. Something about being 13 minutes in to, you know, shine on your crazy diamond, then welcome to the machine. Like I can't turn off like that transition. And then like, I let the whole record play. But if, if I knew this song were first, just like smells like teen spirit is first. Yeah. I'd be like, skip right to the next, you know, like get me into like the, the, like the meat of, of it. Tr- yeah, the way the
1: that the narrative flows, I feel it's like it's better to start with that and then yeah, that to get sense. into your
3: welcome to the machine.
1: I combine part one and part two of Shine On You Crazy Diamond, probably cut off a bunch of part, uh, part two, parts six through nine or five through nine, or whatever. There's a lot oh, of jamming don't give it in there away that's. Here. I, I would I would cut that a little uh, you know I would take quite cut cut a bit of it and then I would end with wish you were here and especially because it's you know y- yeah. you, you've you've gotten your success welcome to the machine then the machine breaks you with shine on you crazy diamond and then wish you were here like literally about the guy that was broken that so I just true. feel like that's the perfect narrative and that would to me like if the album were just ordered that way ten of ten
3: well perfect
1: Roger if you're listening.
5: Yeah, we'll yeah. back and reissue. Yeah, get, get it. on the reissue. I'll go yeah, to Best I that's a bold
2: design. idea. <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a bonus thing where we'll make like our own version of the track order and if you want to listen to it yeah. that way, feel free. Yeah. We'll, we'll have our people talk to these people. Right. And... We yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, think about what we were doing with Piper at the Gates of Dawn and we're like, like what's the opener here? <laughs> like you can't really talk track order with early Pink Floyd, yeah. And now I'm sitting there telling them that this album would be a point and a half higher if they just flip the tracks around and you know consolidated a few things. I feel like it's a much more cohesive narrative. Um, you know, if it actually becomes a concept album in that sense, if the if it's done that way. But have a cigar after Welcome to the Machine. You're right. Never really made a lot of sense to me. It made a lot less sense to me. And yeah, really I'm not
4: sure. Yeah, this. it's a good it's a good point. Yeah, I never, uh, yeah, I never even thought about it until now. Yeah. But you're right, yeah, as far as a narrative piece, yeah, might have made it a little bit more of a, yeah, a cinematic, I guess, yeah.
5: <laughs> sure. Uh, definitely something to think about. Well, we got to move on to what Mark wishes were the closer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is, uh, but we're stuck in the fourth spot here. Uh, with Wish You
0: very-
4: Talk about okay, yeah. I guess I'll put this yeah, this is my hot tub with the two supermodels. Uh, warm blanket (laughs) guitar, there we go. We've
5: entered, we've come back,
4: yeah. There we go. Um, because I know I had that with us and them, I know that was kind of my Pervy Chris, yeah. We go, you know, it's take it easy, yeah. No, I (laughs) know, yeah. I'm very passionate about, yeah, my my musical loves, uh, but uh, yeah, as far as yeah, my kind of yeah, as far as the hot tub moment, yeah, they're not necessarily. Yeah, but they just—they're just another level. It's beyond a warm blanket. It's just a—you hear it, and it just takes you to a certain place, even that other big songs can't do that. Which is mm-hmm. the simple little acoustic lines. Yeah, he Dave really. Yeah, yeah, just that twelve string. Yeah, just—I uh, don't know. That's 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 what—that's what you talk about when you talk about like iconic riffs. It's just these very simple little lines that just, again, and that's what we were talking about earlier with Dave. I mean, as far as yeah, knowing exactly where to put each note without getting overly uh, kind of just stuffing the song. I mean, that's never what Dave was about. It was always about context and, um, uh, and emotion. And here, I mean, what can you say? I mean, yeah, that, uh, and even with the, uh, even with the synth too, it's weird how the synth almost like kind of combines with the guitar where sometimes you don't really notice it. It's just like, they're almost like in unison. Uh, yeah. after listening to the song, it's, it's funny cause the synth is very different, but when you really analyze it, you're like, it's weird how those two very different, uh, Uh, Even more than like "Welcome to the Machine," here it's much more, much more somber, much more yeah, kind of warm feeling. Yeah, it's a
3: soft horn synth. Yeah, like that Wendy Carlos type. Okay. Like shining type synth. Synth.
4: And it's it's weird. It just mixes well. It's like you almost have like a completely new instrument. Yeah, it's it's uh, the the harmony is very unusual, and it just totally works. Um, I do love Rick's just
5: piano fills in there too. There's just he picks his moments here, nails them, and then it's back. It's, yeah, it's beautiful, right?
4: That. Yeah, this this is weird, and it's almost like here they've kind of created like a new, new weird like subgenre of like British country music because it's not it's it's country, but it's not American country. It's got that British yeah. Floyd, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I know it's got the electronic elements to it, but uh, it's weird. You didn't really hear anybody kind of doing that.
3: Well, Most Nick people- Drake was out at the time, and I wonder if they took any inspiration from like Nick yeah. Drake or any of that kind of stuff. You I do not
4: think about that. Uh, That's very possible. And, yeah, again, another, yeah, I think this is probably as far as, yeah, Roger, again, at his lyrical peak, uh, I just love, uh, as far as the fear of becoming kind of stuck in your life position, not growing, I mean, that's, I just, I, uh, he just really, I think this is where it comes together for him. And, uh, yeah, I I could probably name a a dozen little lyrical parts here, and I still wouldn't...
5: yeah, I feel like the production of this song, like, is such a benefit. It feels so close and personal. Just the instruments are right next to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in in some way, I feel like that deepens the bond between the music and the lyrics. And maybe that's what makes this one of Pink Floyd's most successful songs. I'm not sure, or just. It strikes a chord with people, obviously. Um yeah. I actually looked on Spotify and it's their most streamed song and it's like, why is that? Where is it where is it connecting with people? And and something about that that meld of of sound and, and the lyrics just it makes you feel in, oh, it does, in, yeah. in some way. And, and I it, just appreciate that.
2: And and it's interesting too about this song that you mentioned that. Because I guess if you were to listen to this, I mean, obviously it's an iconic song for a reason. But like when you listen to this song, like you kind of hinted to, Chris, a little bit, it's like British country. And I guess I wouldn't think of this song kind of like representing the Pink Floyd sound. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's some synth in there, but I feel like the whole kind of space psychedelic angle is not really here on this song, so it's almost like maybe more of like kind of an American song in a way. And maybe it that's why it's a little bit more universal. But yeah, like this song, I didn't actually have a whole lot to say about it. And it's probably because there's probably not a lot to say. It's, it's such a big song and you've heard it so many times. And I don't want to kind of use Kevin's uh, smells like teen spirit analogy where it's like you've heard it so much where it's like ah, I could probably skip it. But I mean, just coming from a guitar player standpoint, like that opening solo is so fun to play. And I feel like it is because it's not the hardest thing to play. So you kind of feel accomplished that you could kind of pick that up and play it. And it's like, all right, I can kind of play like an an iconic, interesting piece. And this is one of those songs where I feel like they would play this like for the final song of the set right before they break for the encore and like all the house lights are on and like. Bunch of freaking people are like at Wrigley Field, and this is the big like sing along. It's such a stadium, like oh, yeah. a bonding song.
3: Well, they did when they reunited too in '05. Sure, they played it was that together. The, one the four. What's that? All of them. The one. Yeah, where yeah. When David and Roger reunited. Yeah, the the line. Even the line. Like every now and then, like this song is like, it does wear off after a while. Like if, you know, I've heard it since I was a kid, but like every now and then, I'll hear this song still and. If you really listen to the lyrics, like it is extremely emotional. And like th- even the line wish you were here. Like if you hadn't associated that with Pink Floyd, like what a clever single title, like you think of like a postcard mm-hmm. and, but they're using that line as like this tagline about their friend who's gone. And then combine that with the lore that we haven't talked about yet, that Sid Barrett visited the studio while they were recording this Mm -hmm. and like knowing all of that and hearing these lyrics is so like just heart-wrenching i don't Mm -hmm. know it's great
1: yeah i was gonna bring that up without the lyrics let's say it just had average pink floyd lyrics like you know like fearless or something or you know fat old son would (laughs) this song be that number one on spotify Probably not. I don't <laughs> yeah. think the riff I don't is special at all. I don't like, think I, so. It's just a middling Pink Floyd song without it. Really, it's I like mean, a very
3: good ballad, though. You mm-hmm. know, it's like a huge ballad, right? But I think it's,
5: I think it's musically way better than the previous acoustic ballads.
3: Oh yeah,
4: yeah, definitely.
5: Like yeah. That that acoustic guitar line, I feel like, just gets in your head. That too. Oh, that's like, what I. Yeah, that's yeah
4: that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that it's 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 again it's it's that, that, it's that Gilmore simplicity. Before, yeah
1: like 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 breathe is it to me a better ref like it's just a, a I don't more...
4: know they're two different it's it's hard to compare the two i mean yeah they're yeah this is much more of a yeah, country tinged kind of jam where breathe is much more of just like pink floyd yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well,
1: I guess it's definitely in that category of hard to relate to, because if I were listening yeah. to the radio and this came on, I'd probably change the station. Wow, <laughs> that's that's your loss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've I've cashed in many times before, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just the, the kind of thing that uh, is saved really to me, like the timeless a, timelessness of it is preserved in the lyrics more so than the music.
4: Yeah, it's weird, though, and it's hard to... I mean, because, yeah, I, I've always considered ballads kind of like minefields in songwriting because you can. it's hard to write a really enduring one that kind of connects with people across uh, kind of, if you want to say across genres or whatever, and I think they really got it here because it doesn't necessarily sound like anything else, and it uh, And doesn't matter what genre you're into. You can kind of appreciate what they did here.
5: Yeah. All right, well... It's time to end our journey of wish you were here we're going to end with the last parts of shine I mean
4: This is kind of where my 10 went to a nine. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff here, but yeah, it feels more like they're just noodling around here. I mean, this, this could have been probably six or seven minutes long and not 12 or 13 minutes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, I mean the, the first half goes on for way too long as great as it is, but it just feels kind of like they're just jamming. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of throwing it. It it doesn't, it doesn't feel as cohesive as uh, the first part of the suite.
3: And I was. What ro- does
1: this song add that the first didn't have?
4: Exactly. Like you, uh,
0: you. Well, originally it was yeah. supposed to be one. Yeah.
3: And David. David wanted it to be one. Yeah. Like it was just supposed to be all together. Yes. And Roger like was adamant, or I guess the rest of the band was, like outvoted right. him.
4: Right. And I. I understand. I mean, because I kind of this part kind of reminded me of like Eclipse on Dark Side, which was only like two, a little over two minutes. And I wish they would have done something similar like that here just as far as, cause this really does kind of sum up everything. This again is like the, but it's like, it's, it's like a 13 minute eclipse.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Where it's like, mm-hmm. did it
4: really need to like, they already kind of said, and maybe, I, and I don't mind like them, like the, like the, uh, the, uh, the chorus being here again, but again, you probably could have done maybe seven and a half minutes instead of 13 minutes here. And I think it would have worked. Cause there are some cool things I liked, uh, but is after, yeah, by like, yeah, by six, seven minutes, I was kind of like, Oh God. Okay. All right. What, uh, what am I missing here? I uh, There was one thing I did really like here. It was, yeah, Kevin had 602. It was the one thing that was not on the first part uh, that I thought was really neat. It was this very kind of cool ambient, kind of yeah, jazzy, weird thing, if you could play it. <laughs> Honestly, it could have ended there.
3: Yeah, you're right. Oh man, but the funk. Yeah, I know. I was
4: talking about yeah, after yeah, that. I to do, yeah, I wanted you yeah. to, to keep going, but yeah, no, it's all right. But yeah, people get the idea. Um, so
2: no, cool. I, I think I would agree with that too, because um, this part kind of seems like okay. They knew they wanted to bookend the album, like they wanted to wrap it up, and maybe they didn't have like a great closer. So they're like, "Shit, how do we?" like wrap this up. So let's just fill up some space on the tape and kind of bookend it. And it's, don't get me wrong. It's very cool. And I love Dave's slide playing on here because you don't hear Dave play a lot of slide guitar and he just like full on shred fest with the, with the slide guitar, which is actually really cool. I assume that's what that is. I think I was hearing Mm -hmm. that right. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's almost like, what is it add that part one didn't do But I feel like it's more of a piece that just kind of needed to be there. It's not like a song where you're like, all right, this is a song that somebody's just going to go to one day and say like, oh yeah, I really want to listen to the last four or five parts of Shining You Crazy Diamond. It's more like a utility piece where it's like, you know, you put it there to serve a purpose.
3: I was going to say that's literally my favorite part of the record. Really? The end of this this song is for some reason like literally – well, the lyrics in the front, I, I do agree, like, the first half of this is just the same thing, and if it if the lyrics weren't great, I would say, like, yeah, it should just be, you know, they should have just tacked on the second half of this song to the first one, yeah. and then mm-hmm. Wish You Were Here would have been your, your closer. Yeah, that's but, what I was
1: saying, Alex. You said they didn't have a closer. They did. They just didn't put it in the closing spot. Yeah, <laughs> but Wish You Were
3: Here would have been the closer then. That would have been. But the line, nobody knows where you are, how near or how far, like, that to me justifies the whole beginning like that line is so eerie to me also knowing the lore that he right. they sang that line nobody knows where you are how near or how far and then he literally visited them unannounced and they hadn't seen him in years and then they never saw him again yeah he's yeah. like gives me chills it does yeah but yeah and he also yeah.
1: thought the music kind of sucked.
3: <laughs>
4: he just wasn't, was they
1: went asked about what do you think of what's
4: what's the what do you call he, called, he what said what, what is thinking, it's called hat or Sorry. something yeah, I thought it was, yeah yeah but uh, yeah it's that's cold, my only uh, like like that a... was
3: David gilmore's wedding day too. Yeah, I thought and that he was interesting. Left.
4: And that's yeah. the thing I like I said I agree I just wish they could have cut this down a little bit. I think it would have been better as, again maybe a a 6 or 7 minute more concise piece versus I think it just kind of it overstays. It's like they were running out of gas at this point. Uh, well, with yeah. the thing? I,
1: is if, if you're gonna go that literal with the the end is the beginning the beginning is the end if you're gonna structure like a narrative you know every film ever made is a character on a journey to overcome obstacles and they have to sacrifice something and then they go back to the beginning and we compare and comprat- contrast how they were with how they were at the beginning and so that's what's happening here but I just don't see enough contrast between part I'm just gonna call them part one and part two uh, because I don't care about the individual parts like it's like it really is just that lack of contrast that I think it, it just doesn't serve it as well as it could have had there been. And I get that there are different parts to it, but again, it feels a little bit more jammy and while it's musically cool, you know yeah. we're evaluating these at such a high level and the expectations are so high and they've got so much talent to be able to bring something that you can almost say, well, yeah, I'm in again. We're not here to kiss bands butts and talk about how this is all great because there are definitely parts that, you know, especially after listening to it so many times and having the entire world of music to listen to that I could say, okay, you know, I think I'll just stick around with part one. Part one, and I agree that they should have just taken part two, stuck it to part one, and you know maybe condensed it because you know think about this as a 25-minute song. Like, eh, I don't know. Like, yeah, uh, Echoes was, was what 23. Adam Hart was 23. Like, does this need to be 25? I, I don't and they know. used to play so. it
3: live before this record came out. There's YouTube videos. Well, there's a lot of clips, and they would play the whole thing, the whole live nine parts, before the record came out. So no yeah. one knew what this was. I Maybe gotta be honest. I, I would it. be taking
1: a bathroom break. <laughs>
5: yeah, <laughs> I see. I was feeling that way too, and this kind of turned into a Stocks on the Rise song for me a bit. This one over part one. Well, just I know part one so well, so this is the one that I wasn't familiar with, and I just something about Rick's playing on this. Yeah, I love that intro solo, and he'll just he'll cut off and leave the space for the echo to to go, and and that's something that was just not in part one and and I think I was I was really like I was kind of feeling like yeah it could've ended a couple minutes ago and then I read something about part nine being the funeral march to the song. That's my how favorite kind part. of it's kind of like that's it. It's done. It's ended. It's you know it's dead and over with. And after that I was like, oh, that part needs to kind of be there. That's the end. I you can almost see the procession going by at the end yeah. there the richard wright's part...
3: composition that whole thing like when the synth and the piano comes in is like i didn't know that about the funeral what you just said but that's always what it's reminded me of is a funeral possession procession and like it is oh my god like so it's like three minutes and it like i don't think it does the same thing it like keeps moving chords and like going all over the place it's like here, here's an I- idea,
1: uh, not to keep going at it with this album and, and reorging it, um, but you know, what if what if we like instead of going parts one through five and parts six through nine, what if like parts one through three were an intro and then we took a break and we did have a cigar and then we went through parts three through five and we essentially broke the two songs up into four songs and then we ended with the funeral, with the, with hmm. the with the dirge. I mean, wouldn't that be, you know, something? Yeah. After Wish you were here. I suppose, yeah. Like it's just, do like do we need twenty six minutes of this? I don't know, but if you're gonna do twenty six minutes, I feel like it needs to be a little bit more broken up. Yeah. The way it flows so into
3: it though, I can't erase from my my memory. I don't know. Yeah.
5: The only part I'm unsure of on the last part is honestly the the Picardy third at the end. Yeah, I hate I, those. I I wasn't I hate sure no about where. shifting yeah. to major at the end. I'm yeah, like, I mean. I, I just—it's
3: like you like make it into heaven. That's yeah. It, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Like the whole thing was so minor and sad. That is very. That
3: screams like Wendy Carlos to me, who did mm-hmm. the soundtracks for Clockwork and The Shining. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like very psychedelic in a way you totally
2: you totally hear that and now that was the cool thing i learned just doing this podcast was the adam hart mother cover is in a clockwork orange so it's like all right now you're kind of hearing that like you said that wendy carlos synth sound here so it's like man they're more tied together than you think
1: it's, it's not like there's a direct influence it's just they were all coming around at the same time yes right just that the scene was so tight-knit i mean i know stanley kubrick wanted to use adam hart mother but the band didn't there was something that was disconnected so they only the album cover ended up in the film but uh, you know whether or not they were directly influencing each other or whether it was just they were all kind of within the sphere of what was going on in british pop culture at the time that uh, that all reflects upon each other Chris, take it away with seven for the buy. Uh, we have a new entrant on our uh, week here. So, are you ready with your uh, buzzer or shotgun or whatever <laughs> yeah, oh. you brought to the table? To get a noise, right? Yeah, bring your noise yeah. ready because first one to three gets an extra buy yeah. or terminate, which is sure to be impactful on a five track album boys is this going to be tough. I think we've done one five tracker Adam Hart mother before, but uh, yeah, it gets tough, especially on an album that's sky high in
4: the nines. So right. take it away, Chris. All right. Okay. Question one, uh true or false, uh, believing they had, uh, nowhere else to go after dark side of the moon, a positive review by British critic, Nick Kent about how solid their first live show since the dark side tour, uh, helped keep the band together and agree uh, to do another record.
5: True or false? Oh. Chris bringing the bangers and questions. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of mines in that question too. Oh, landmines. So, so you're
2: saying that? Yeah. The, you're asking if the review saved the band? Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. A positive rev- uh, review by British critic Nick Kent about how solid their first live shows were helped save the band uh, and helped uh, and. Yeah, to uh, to motivate them to go back in the studio to make another record after Dark Side.
3: Oh man, I'll I'll give it a shot. Do it was like pretty nice. you like you like this? Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't make my ears bleed. Yeah. All yeah, right, cool. We're gonna go with that one. I'll just say false. Okay. What do I have to lose?
4: Uh you are correct. Very good. Yeah. Right. Was Whoa. a neg- it was a negative review that criticized how lackluster the shows were. It was a trick question. Yeah, and uh, huh. uh, the new guy uh, did not fall for my uh, trickery. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we all were suspicious of it. Yeah. But all right. <laughs> we'll let him take the first shot. Okay, there we go. All right, so that's one there. All right. Okay, question number two. Um, okay, Nick Mason later said. Um, Uh, In a later interview, uh, they went into the studio uh, too soon after finishing the previous set of European shows and had no material to work with. True or false?
1: Come on, come on, come on.
4: Oh. Yes, Mark. I'm going to go with
1: false. I believe they they were hashing out this material live on the circuit.
4: Um, uh, hold on. Uh, Yes, yeah, you are correct. Yeah. Um...
2: So they were rehashing this like in rehearsals on the Dark Side tour?
4: Right. There was very little, I think there were, might have been one song, I think, that they were... Uh, it's cheating. I said that earlier, yeah. and he took
3: my information that I used <laughs>
0: earlier, and he used it <laughs> yeah. 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 Wonder that, why oh, nobody going-
3: buzzed in. <laughs> okay, that's one for Mark. Right. No, I would have guessed that wrong, actually, which is stupid, because I did mention that. Okay, hold
4: on. All right. Uh, okay, one and one. All right. Uh, all right. True or false. Uh, Roger was emphatically enthusiastic about Roy Harper's vocal contributions on Have a Cigar. True or false? God. Yes, Alex. No, that was Kevin, right? No, that wasn't me. No, that was me. Okay. Actually,
5: now, now I'm unsure. Kevin, before you honestly answer, because, because can yeah. I throw
1: in a
4: rule change?
1: classic What's Rule change in the middle. Whoever wins this is not required to terminate or
4: flush something. I don't care. You guys figure it out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's more, mo- it's more motivation to win now.
4: Yeah. Cause then
1: you do, you're not forced with terminating or flushing something that you're, you've given a nine.
2: Damn it. I better pick it up. All right, I what do you think that's that's fine. I don't care. For, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm for, trying for to be the quiet album, I'm trying to be the quiet guy and sneak out the back door album,
5: for this album and with a guest. I say, yeah, that's fine. I like that. Okay. okay. Whoever wins. Uh, All right, so Kevin, it's from having to terminate. Uh, are you talking about at the time, Chris? Are you talking about like after? No, it's, yeah, just in general. I'm going to say that Roger did did not end up liking it. He wished he recorded the vocal.
4: You are correct. Uh, yeah. yeah, he, uh, yeah. he thought that... He bang on sounds his like personality. Yeah, he thought there. that Roy uh, Harper had turned the song into like a parody. Yeah, and it was not the type of delivery he would have... Uh, uh, though it was kind of funny. For years, people did think that was Roger, I guess, on vocals. And yeah, and Roy never really Myself got the credit. Myself included, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, British singers yeah. all kind of
2: sound the same. Right, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So like a band so of Genesis, one-
1: where they have two guys who happen to sound almost near the same. They sure do.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question. Whatever is question four. All right. Um, Alex,
5: pick it up here. Okay. Yeah,
2: I, I, I was actually going to say false on that one. I thought it was a trick question. I was going to say David loved it. So I would have probably won, but not for the right reasons. No. For questions. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I Chris spent, and his paperwork over yeah, here, yeah, fumbling about. Yeah, I spend more time <laughs> on the question than actually going go over, right over the songs. The is
1: not going to
4: cut it for these sessions. No, you, yeah. go, you better bring your, uh, your, your A game. Right, exactly. Um, all right, uh, true or false. Uh, due to uh, a creative slump, David decided to, at the initial uh, reluctancy of Roger Waters, who later agreed, dump two of the three songs they had written and perform during the last tour cycle and use uh, and focus on uh, shine on your crazy diamond. True or false? Let me know if you want me to repeat that. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It's a mouthful. So the
1: gist of it was that uh, David had more material, and Roger said, no, focus on shine. on. You.
4: Yeah. I'll read it again. Okay. Due to a creative slump, David decided to, and then parentheses at the initial reluctancy of Roger Waters, who would later agree to dump two of the three songs they had written and perform during the last tour cycle and use and only focus on shine on true or false
1: i'm gonna go with true uh
4: you are incorrect it was a trick question ah. uh, oh. yeah it was false so it was the other way around uh, um yeah it was uh <laughs> yeah it was uh, <laughs> roger it, it was roger answer. who put his foot down yeah Encyclopedia Britannica over here Yeah, yeah you should have known yeah, Dave, 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 None of the other guys had any rights What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I right. yeah, I guess Yeah Just being generous Okay, so Mark is out Alright Okay, let's keep going here Alright, I don't think Alex has gotten in Let's see if he uh... Uh, on, So Ma- Mark
2: Mark's gonna get the trivia
1: right
4: <laughs>
2: Mark's
1: nailing Van Halen For about Alex.
2: five, six episodes And Fell yeah. off the wagon. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't do a lot of studying on this one. Well, outside of watching the dog. thinking about the
3: whammy bar, Alex.
2: <laughs> okay. Jesus. Oh, God. Right.
4: Okay, let me uh, make really sure I'm crossing out. Uh, I'm not necessarily doing these in order. I'm just trying to. Uh, He's trying to get all the nasty to bomb ones bomb <laughs> to bomb out. <laughs> He'll get that.
1: Oh,
4: okay. Who play
1: drums on? come to the...
4: <sighs> oh, God. All right. Um. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, this is a multiple choice. Um which uh one of these tracks was not played live during the Wish You Were Here tour? Uh was it A Shine on Your Crazy Diamond? B Wish You Were
2: Here or C Have a Cigar. Yes, Mr. Alex. Just cause I have to, uh I'm gonna say have a cigar because I figured if the guys weren't happy with singing it and putting it out on the record, they probably weren't stoked on doing it live, uh, so they probably s- left this one out.
4: Sadly, you are incorrect. Not uh, well, there you oh, go. It was actually oh, boy, It's boy. kind of ironic. Yeah, Wish You Were Here was not played on the Wish You Were Here tour. <laughs> if you read the story, I know I had to look it up. Yeah, yeah, if, you, uh, if you look at the set list, yeah, was it was not on there. It was really weird. Yeah, a lot of these songs, yeah, they didn't start playing until later, like on the Animals tour, which I don't know what the idea, why they did that. Uh, really? I guess, yeah, they uh but yeah you can you guys can look that up later it was like again i had to make i had to read multiple sources oh, to make sure that was, like was... sneaky chris exactly credit all right. to them not even
1: going with it the, they're so all right so now it's, it's, to, it's, right, it's between the kevs go with the title track <laughs> well so does yeah.
2: so does that mean that roger probably sang have a cigar on the tour then uh yes he did yeah he did sing on yeah have a cigar was in the set for the on the wish you were here
4: tour uh, but wish you okay. were for whatever reason the song yeah. uh, that the title or that the tour was named after yeah it was right not... yeah, I'm
5: actually looking at the set list right now and wish you were here is not not on there a cigar was smashed between the two shine on you crazy diamonds yeah it's really? very strange yeah, I don't know they actually opened with of An early version of sheep and then an early version of dogs. Wish you were here, Tori. Here are some songs you're not going to hear until 77. yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. You get your money's worth, Pink Flay, that I was yeah. showing you something new. Yeah, it was very odd. But yeah. uh, all right, so now we're down to the Kev. Sorry, right, which Kev will come out on top? I don't know. We'll have to see. All right. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. True or false? Uh, David Gilmore insisted and exceeded, uh, uh and succeeded on playing all of the parts on parts, si- uh, six of Shine On Suite, All the bass parts.
5: I yes, Kevin. I want to say that's false. Roger played some too.
4: Uh, yeah, you were correct. Yes, yeah, they they shared. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You were, well, you
4: were they, correct. Well, they
2: they did a dual bass thing again correct yeah
4: that was Ah. uh, another quick trick question that uh kev number number one did not fall for it so that's good all right yeah he
1: didn't blink (laughs)
4: all right this is a brutal one man all right staring down the
1: barrel of pink Floyd trivia okay all right here's a uh kind of uh
4: uh, kind of sort of off topic but still within the vein of uh people that were involved in the making of the record it's a true uh it's a multiple choice Okay, Rory Harper, who sang the lead on Have a Cigar, was paid tribute. uh, His name is in the title on an album by what other famous British rock act? Uh, Was it A, The Who, B, The Rolling Stones, C. Hey, I know I, he's I, got, I, got it. He's I, got it.
5: He, wait, wait. No, re, I'm, I'm, sorry, finish. I'm
2: sorry. I'm no, sorry.
4: No, it's okay. I should have laid that out. Yeah, as far as yeah, don't uh, yeah. Typically, when it's just yeah, the four of us, yeah, I usually penalize Chris people. Chris doesn't for, like being bumped off his questions. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if you,
1: go
0: ahead. Go on, Go. go, ahead. go
4: on. No, it's okay. So, uh, or D Led Zeppelin. All right. Who? Okay, I'll give it to. this. Yeah. Go ahead. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, hats off to Harper was the song. All right. All right.
5: So we got. wow.
2: That's right. What's a deep cut? Yeah, we're uh, neck
4: and neck uh, here. All right, so who's going to. Next one wins. Gonna walk
5: away. Who's going to walk away with the no no terminate, no flush?
4: You got to love that our first guest who come in walk away with uh, the more knowledge than we do.
5: And okay. we've
4: <laughs> been in a show about Pink Floyd for nine episodes now. Okay, all right. This has been one of the better ones. All right. Okay, uh, true or false? According to Roger Waters, uh, the song Welcome to the Machine was just his particular personal reflection on the music industry and nothing more or false.
0: Chris, Uh-oh. I can't
5: take your questions anymore because I just think they're gonna be trick questions. All right. like true questions. Open-ended true or false uh, questions.
4: Alright. Mr. Kylie, what uh you know, I'm gonna say false. And you are correct. Yes. What is this
1: guy? He gets a ding-ding-ding. He gets the
4: big ding-ding-ding. Yes. Ding. Yeah, I know I haven't been following through with that, but uh, <laughs> But yeah, big day, uh, yeah, it's uh, a much, a much deserved ding, ding, ding there for uh, yeah for the our new uh, or for our guest for today. Uh, but yeah, uh, false. Yeah, it was uh, more about all of our experience in the face of that mon- uh, that monstrous grinding thing, whether it's being in a huge band or just whatever whatever personal thing you're up against in life. But uh, but yeah, it's good. All right, Mr. Kylie, yeah, gets an extra. Uh,
2: Extra. Well no you either get
1: to yeah extra buy or you can refrain from terminating or flushing one of them. Makes sense? Yeah. Hmm. Wait.
0: You got to flush pause. or
1: terminate one though, but you can you can only you can okay. skip the terminator flush. So you can do either yeah. or kind of. Yeah. yeah. Something's got to be flushed though.
3: Yes. I'm going to make it interesting and I still will terminate one.
1: Oh, okay. Oh.
3: Might skip okay. a flush then. Why not? Okay. Play the game, you know. Yeah,
0: and now love it or flush it. We
1: started, okay. yeah. This is definitely going to be a fun one. Being that we have to buy, have to terminate, have to, to flush, and have to love at least one of these. So, Alex, take it away.
2: Yeah, for some uh, parent, uh, previous, list, l- previous listeners of the show who don't understand, uh, who can't read our website, or know that this is what we do every show, <laughs> uh, I'll <laughs> state it again: that part of the fun of the show. Again, we've been doing this for. 32 episodes now we have to terminate one and we have to flush one we're playing devil's advocate here it's all in good fun relax tonight's order (laughs) tonight's order uh kevin uh nadolski mark chris myself and tonight's winner mr Kylie. so mr nadolski kev let's go first first five parts of the shine on you crazy diamond suite what do you think on this one
5: uh, I'm gonna do it early and ring me up for a buy on this song. Ooh, I think this song encapsulates this album so well, and it's just the perfect song at the perfect time. Okay, all right, <laughs> the
1: beginning. No <laughs> more perfect time than right up front. No,
5: I, I'm talking about the the era of Pink Floyd. All right, Mark. Okay. Mark, what does Mark think?
1: Uh, love. Yeah, this is the the definitive version of it. It it hasn't. C- quite yet crossed over into the threshold of I've heard it too many times. Um so yeah, strong love. There's a lot to love in the 13 minutes that this goes on for.
4: Cool, Chris. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, just to reiterate, so we have to flush and terminate. We have to do we have to choose both we, we can't just exclude. We can't not flush anything. We got to use at least at least one, right? Yeah. We, you're going to have to yep, fl- you're going to have to, to, to pull the
1: handle once, Chris. Don't leave it for the rest
0: of us. <laughs>
4: okay, all right. All right. So uh You <laughs> have a, a song a courtesy flush. Okay. Uh <laughs> yeah, and this one, yeah, this is just such a unique epic uh yeah i'm gonna give it a strong love
2: cool i'm actually gonna put this one up as a stocks on the rise for me so it's gonna give a strong love this one is one that i uh came back to recently and really realized the magic in it so big love for this one mr kylie your thoughts
3: i will so wait i get two buys because i won the thing
1: yeah, you can either get two, yeah. you, either two buys or you can refrain from being forced to terminate and flush.
3: Yeah, I'll do two buys. Uh, I'm going to buy this because this is, I don't know, the best part of the, well, I said the end was the best part, but the whole song, like both parts to me and this like intro is like one of the best intros to a record I think ever. The lyrics are great. I don't know. It's a great song.
2: So I'm gonna buy it. He's gonna put it on his playlist. I like it. All right, we're well, yeah. moving on over to track two. Welcome to the Machine, Kn. Your thoughts?
5: Um, yeah.
0: What? No.
5: Where's that going? <laughs> Gotta flush something, don't I? That's true. But um, yeah. This is this is the game we play, and as much as. I- this is one of those grower songs to me. It's it's probably not up there with "Shine on You Crazy Diamonds yet, but I kind of know what Mark's saying with that that synth solo sound, and that's the only reason why I get to flush.
1: <laughs> you can't flush the machine.
5: <laughs> the machine will what flush else you. What are you gonna flush?
1: <laughs> I don't know because I'm buying this song. <sighs> Dated synth notwithstanding, I I think it's a great addition to any Pink Flight playlist. It really shows how... Uh, I don't know, like darkly ironic they would get, you know, in terms of just their, and and, and really, like, I, I probably was on the fence of buying this, going into this, but Chris's trivia question at the very last second was a great advertisement, uh, just showing that this is not only the machine that they're involved in, but the machine that you're involved in. So by making it personal, I think that's a timelessness factor that belongs on any playlist.
0: Cool.
4: Chris, what do you think I got, about yeah, this one? This is brutal. Yeah, damn you and your uh, new rules for this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm gonna have to go in line with, uh, uh, yeah, with what Kev said. Uh, yeah, I'm, I I'm, I'm, my I'm. T- I'm re- no, this, this is about, this is about the heaviest reluctant flush I'm doing, that I'm gonna be doing probably on this podcast because I do really like this song. Um, but I'll, I will give it. Yeah, that kind of squeaky synth, yeah, I guess is, is out of all the synths on this record, it's kind of the weakest synth and kind of i will even say a little bit of a a bit annoying but yeah it's it's a hell of a track that i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my rubber glove out later after we're done here, i'm gonna go pull it back out (laughs) (laughs) but we're not looking he's
5: gonna go back to the toilet and pull out chris's rubber glove (laughs) (laughs) had to get it in there once
2: right yeah yeah, this one's really tough for me because this is one of those songs where i heard it a lot when i was younger and i
5: i feel like i
2: i kind of setting
1: himself up yeah it's like it's <laughs> like himself into a fly
2: yeah it's like i i don't need to hear it all the time but the fact that i feel like it kind of it's like a moment in time with sort of the sound effects and it's like the most 80 sounding song i think they've put out to this point so it kind of represents like that time and it represents just lyrically what they were going through and what they were commenting on at that time uh, I think that's why I will buy this one.
5: whoa, nice oh, turnaround no.
2: for that not nice. it's not my favorite song on the album, but I will take this one out of Mark's playbook where I'm I'm this is the one where I'm actually strategically putting it on a playlist for a reason. <laughs> so that's why I'm gonna do it. <laughs>
1: And you know what, Alex? I'd like to uh, issue a formal apology for Uh-oh. flushing on the run. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't deserved. I went back to it and listened to it. And it's it probably incredible didn't deserve part. that. <laughs> I, I
5: talked to you into it. Not, I'll stand yeah, by my flush I don't know. on Kevin the run. Kevin led me down the path
2: I shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have gone. One
5: of my favorite buys. I, so, yeah. That's what, just what, because I what, said, you know what? The dream is over. Would you, yeah. would you,
2: Mark, would you have said this if I didn't support you in this buy?
1: No I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, I feel bad
2: now. You you
1: supported me with with Kevin and Chris just ridiculously flushing one of this you know this insanely beautiful <gasps> Pink Floyd yeah. sound. Yeah, keep the sound right. effects button on this side because we know where it's here. You know, let's let's see right, so you know this is actually like a um you know what this is this is a uh, a jury, isn't it? We got 5 now. So Yeah, Mr. Kylie. Mr.
5: Yeah, we're, Mr. We're Kylie's thoughts. The factor.
3: I have them. In my head, I think playing out. So wait, there's five songs. There's let me get the rules right. And let me, you know, <laughs> they, I don't know, I'm confused. Uh, you gotta you gotta buy one. You gotta love one. You gotta flush one. You gotta terminate one.
2: Yeah, well, be, be but I get
3: two buys. Well, so you be, get so, two buys.
2: Well, because you won, you could either have a second buy and still terminate a song, oh, oh, or okay. you yeah. can buy one and not terminate one. So what would you rather do? Would you rather buy two or not terminate one? Be forced to do it.
3: All right. I originally said I wouldn't terminate. I could do it to have fun. You could. If you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, So I will love this one. Okay. Just okay. simply because of Richard Wright's synth work. I think it was Richard Wright. I mean, I know David and I know... Uh, I know David and Roger worked with synths a lot on Dark Side and stuff, yeah. but I don't know who did the engineering and who, who was doing all the, the synth work on this, but it's like, I don't know. like a pivotal piece. Like, I don't know, it's crazy soundscapes. The, yeah. the animation for the video, like the music video that's online, which was just like the tour, like the backdrop video, is also, like, incredible. I think it's the guy that also did this stuff for The Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, like, it makes it that much better. So, yeah, I'll I'll love this one. Cool.
2: Squeaks All right. by, 3-2. Okay. All right, let's move it on over to track three, Have a Cigar, KN.
5: Yeah, there are so many parts of this song that I love, and honestly, when, like, young, when I was younger, this was my favorite Pink Floyd song because I, I just... There's something about it wasn't on dark side. It wasn't the song that everybody that I knew knew, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, oh, no, I, I like have a cigar. But uh, now I'm afraid I'm going to have to drop the tea. Nice.
1: Terminating his
5: childhood. Yeah. yeah. Mark, I, it's yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know why. I mean, that this song shouldn't exist in their catalog. Did they
5: ever do I anything like this? I have five like songs. This? Why I are you know, picking a but, bone uh, with me for everyone? Go go comment on Reddit. Because <laughs> why don't you go listen to the Kinks? <laughs> yeah. You no, know what your opinions are bad. I want to hear. them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um I met a lot I'm just kind of stunned by that termination. Maybe I won't be
5: uh, What are you know, going to? I know what you're going to say. I tell
1: love the song. I don't I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. It's it's a it's a great song. It it's struts. It's got, it's, it's funky without being over the top and it's, uh, it paints a picture. it's got yeah. great opening lyrics. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Like it's a song that I can just put on in my car and just, yeah, I just, I feel like some, like, I don't feel like digging too deep into Pink Floyd, but I don't want to listen to something that I've heard 10
4: million times in my life. So yeah, I, I love the song. Yeah. Right. Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna buy this one. I don't care what Mr. Kev says. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> I mean, you guys, our listeners, can listen back to what I said about it, but it's pretty much all there as far as why I love this song. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's yeah, just it's cinematic. It's it, it it it's a perfect song about the music industry, and as far as being an artist in it, and that's why I love yeah.
2: it. Okay, yeah, I, I hate to do it too. I feel like I'm gonna follow Kev here, but oh, this was on. it. This was my favorite. Well, here, let me explain. This was my favorite song for the longest time, and you would think. If you've listened to any of our like older episodes, I love the more kind of straight up and down 70s rockers. But the fact that it's kind of the outlier here, the fact that no Pink Floyd member actually sings on it, and the fact that they kind of tackled this subject matter on Welcome to the Machine and did it a little bit better here, that's why I'm going to give it the flush.
4: I can respect
2: it man. Uh, on, don't get me wrong, on, an amazing song, but if you yeah, if you have
5: that's, that's the thing. That's
2: it's, the thing. Yeah. Like, if you have to pick out of the five songs here, like, it kind of, in a way, makes sense to me to do that. So that's why I'm going to do it. So,
5: Mr. Kyle. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm coming from, yeah. too. Mr. Yeah. Kyle. what do you think on this one? Yeah,
3: way. I'm following your your logic as well. I'm going to terminate it because I have to. Nice. Oh yeah I, it, it's like this one i wouldn't want to terminate any song in this record i know you're you're upset i know, I know. it is a good song like, it's great might, song. it's definitely not worth terminating yeah. but that's the game yeah, and his
5: stupid new rules
3: yeah like, i am
1: in their stupid five song album i know
3: <laughs> yeah like if i gotta pick one to terminate because i already know what i'm gonna flush like i would terminate this because i think it's the weakest on the record for in my opinion and it's it's just like an outlier it reminds me of Young Lust on the Wall. Mm-hmm. And it's like I I hate that side of Pink Floyd. I don't know why it's like cheesy to me. Oh, shit. Like it's just very like.
2: Okay, Dad Rock.
3: (laughs) Oh no, I don't know a lot of this guy. I hate throwing that
2: term around, Dad Rock.
3: But it's just like
2: it's it's cool that they can do it. But when you listen to the rest of the record, where they get really sort of intellectual, and now they're kind of just dumbing it down. You
3: have the yeah, you have these guys. It sounds like someone made them put a a rock single out. It sounds like The Cars, or sounds like, and I like The Cars more than this song. Yeah, you know, like you know what I mean. It sounds like. They were trying to write what was on the radio at the time. Sure. And, like, that's not why I want to listen to Pink Floyd. It's, like, the last thing. That's why on the wall, like, I listen to, like, Vera and, like, the weird craziness of Pink Floyd because that's what it's there for where, like, I'll skip Young Lust because, like, if I want to listen to, you know, like, 12-bar blues, like, rock and roll solo, I'll go jam fucking Ben Lizzie or... So, you know what I mean? Like yeah. some, something more, like Led Zeppelin or something. Yeah, something what, that like, I mean, that band the, the, is what, what known Chris for.
1: What? That they yeah. were able to still thumb their nose at the notion. It wasn't like... Yeah, I mean, they're good at yeah. it.
3: They did mm-hmm. it well. And I but. think
1: that this is a moment in time where they still can do that well. Like if they do it any... If they did that, if they were told to write a hit and they wrote a hit, but they kind of thumb their nose like, well, we're too good for that. If they did that at any point after this record, I'd be like, yeah, come on, guys. Like I don't That's what Young
3: it. Lust is to me. It sounds like David Gilmore had to have a song on the wall and Roger like threw him a bone and let him like get a rock song <laughs> on there. And it like, I mean, well, there's other rock songs on the record, not to get too into the wall, but it like, ah, uh, it's like cheesy to me. I don't know why. Someone terminate that song. <laughs>
2: <and get too> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll keep our finger on the button for you. Yeah. Yeah. When get there.
2: Yeah. All right, cool. That's it. No, I, I, I like, I like that discussion there. All right, well, let's move it on over to the title track. Wish you were here. Mr. nielski
5: yeah. If I had won the trivia, I would be ringing this up. I'm sorry for those of you who are going to flush or terminate or do whatever this song. But there's some <clears throat> there's some magic about this song um that uh, it's just one of those one of those things where everything came together for this song in, in a way. I, I even love the way it starts off with the tuning the radio. Oh, it's so and good. The closeness of it. I, it's. I don't I can't feel that song any other way. I, I I will listen to that part and won't just skip to the lyrics. Not yeah. that I didn't necessarily am the kind of person that does that, but I'm going to give this a big love.
2: Nice. Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say that too before I jump in front of Mark, but just commenting on it, if you really listen with a good pair of headphones and you crank it up loud enough, you can kind of hear like David grunting or whoever that is at the beginning before he starts playing, and I just love that that's yeah. thrown in there. That's cool. But anyway, Mark, what are your thoughts on this one? <clears> T <throat> Yikes. What? <laughs> 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 right, oh, we, I knew it.
4: I knew it. Yeah. He set me up
1: for that. He knew it was coming. Yep. Mark, was yep. Mark, the blow.
2: Mark, you're going to get us banned off Reddit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we, we, You're we, we, gonna rule yeah, the
1: show. Uh, okay. Yeah, I have to do one, yeah. first of all. And you know what? It's my uh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my my rules, my show, whatever I came up with. It's so Your show, care. no. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, anyway, uh you know, I mean okay. it, it's still a good song. It's 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 maybe more of that vengefulness of just hearing it so often that I was like, Yeah, I don't need to hear that opening yeah. guitar riff anymore yeah. in my life ever. Um, you know, I do appreciate the closeness of it uh, that, 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 that Kevin brought it up, but uh, it, it really is, you know, I, I think if this were the closer, I, I I would not have had the gall to terminate it. But because it's in this weird four spot, you know, where where I don't know, like in my my ten of ten album, I just would have broken the, my own rules and just been like, yeah, I I can't terminate this. It just has to have a uh, you know a, a love. So a kind of odd explanation around something that was so forcefully ejected from the catalog. But uh,
4: yeah, I love it, but uh, it's got to go sure
1: Wish chris they
5: never
4: wrote it yeah i guess i'll have to prop up the uh, the love for it again uh from the ashes uh but yeah just, if i had another buy i would have bought it uh but i'm you know, kind of limited here so i guess i'll just give it an enormous love yeah it just yeah this is a song even like in the last couple days before the podcast i found myself just singing it so it's like it's one of those songs that just it's a part of yeah, my musical foundation so yeah
5: Marcus terminating Terminated your foundation. musical Exactly. I yeah,
4: blew it out. I've no. I've nothing left. Yeah. I've got nothing to build on yet. <laughs>
1: He's got
5: no legs to stand on. He's Corporal Clegg.
4: <laughs>
5: right. A
1: corporal Clegg lost his second leg, and there care. is no more pink flight without "Wish You Were Here." Yeah.
2: I, I was. I was thinking of about buying this one as well because I mean it's such an iconic song, and I still don't really tire of of listening to it. But it's just going to get the strong love for me just because I have heard it so many times. Like uh, there's no way I could get rid of this song, but to me, I guess welcome to the machine sort of encapsulated where they were at more, just maybe more from like a music production standpoint. That's why I I planted it. Just like, if I'm going to represent this 1975 for them, like that's the song, but like, this is such a fantastic song. So it gets the love for me, Mr. Kylie. I
3: have to I haven't flushed one yet, so I'm looking I am the I'm the meme of the guy sweating with the two buttons. <laughs> uh, Shiny Crazy Diamond shine on you. or Wish You Were Here. I don't I don't wanna do it, because it is an incredible song, but I'm gonna have to flush it. Out of technicality. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yep. I don't want to, but
2: he, um, the man appreciates his deep cuts.
3: Yeah, it's like if I had to show someone Pink Floyd, I wouldn't show them this because they've probably heard it. And it's not, again, like e- like even though Have a Cigar is like an outlier, they have other stuff like that where it is a side of Pink Floyd where like maybe this isn't even a side of Pink Floyd that comes back and is really necessary. It is just a massive ballad but it's incredible. I love it. I mean, well, that's kind I'm of, not dissing the song. That's
2: kind of what I was saying in the track by track is it's a it's a huge song, but it almost kind of stands on its own. Like, yeah, they have like a Fearless or like some of those more like acoustic ballads. And like, this is the strongest one. But like, there's other songs on this that encapsulate the whole band, like everything the band does. And yeah. this is just like one side of it.
3: It's like a folk rocky thing. And, you know, I list, like listen to a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like. And for this to be 1975, Neil Young is way out by this point. Nick Drake is in England doing the same thing. There's like a lot of folk going on that's much better, in my opinion, where I don't know what it would be like to grow up then. But if this came out and I was a Pink Floyd fan, I'd be like, well, why would I? It sounds like they're trying to do... That I don't know, yeah. So maybe well, someone's gonna come it's at me Check <laughs> and, and,
1: and chris, you mentioned it too. Uh, I guess I'm not the only one that likes to read the Rolling Stone retro reviews. Um, but you know, it was pretty critical of this album and it, it talked about how, um, you know, I guess at that time it was kind of like a you know, if you don't get Pink Floyd, you're never gonna get it, and so yeah. this isn't gonna convince you,
3: sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great song, but I'll flush it out of technicality because if I want to listen to country like folk 70s rock there's way more of it and if i want to listen to pink floyd i'm gonna jam the deep cuts
2: yeah no that's cool all right well let's wrap it up with the final track on the album shining you crazy diamond parts what is that five through nine or no six through nine six, six through yeah, nine I gotta, gotta get my, your Roman my i gotta get my numerals back and check here <laughs> jesus all right kn what are your thoughts on this one
5: Uh, I am going to give my Stocks on the Rise song a love. Um, This is the one that I was least familiar with, and this is the one I ended up being the most intrigued with, so give it a big love.
2: Okay, Mark?
1: Uh, I gotta give it a flush. Um... (coughs)
4: long flush. Yeah, it's, it's an extremely long flush. Yeah, it 13 it minutes does, of
0: It's uh, a 12 stuff.
1: minute song. It's yeah. gotta get down there. <laughs> it <gets laughs> <quite> a, uh, <laughs> uh, an incredible uh, variation on parts. I don't know, like, why, why is it even split into parts if it's all kind of the same meandering twenty-six minute piece. I think that I think there's just more to like uh, in in one to five than there is in five to six. And I get that there's like it's a fun funk jam. And I get that this is kind of the fastest tempo part of it. So if you're looking for something to get the the heart going and the blood going, and and you know how I like that kind of music, you know, I just like something that and that that's here. I do appreciate that they brought the cryo back, but they didn't bring the shrieker back. You know, like I appreciate that it's kind of more of a call to you know dark Not side of the cool. moon the instrument <laughs> the instrument there but it really isn't a uh, um i don't know like again it's more constrained it's it's more of a reluctant flush i think if there were another song to flush then i probably would have flushed that one and left this one with a love
0: all right
4: chris what are your thoughts uh i think everybody knows where i'm going with this unfortunately uh yeah, yeah. you're not a fan of this yeah, one I got, are you? Uh, yeah i've got my launch key here here we go <laughs> and i and i want to i want to stress i yeah i I, I get what yeah you know, what Mr. Kylie was saying. I mean, there's a lot of the lyrics that I think are kind of cool at the end there, but I think the songs this part is just too long. I mean, if it were like seven minutes, maybe even eight at the most, I'll maybe throw it another minute. I think I might have liked it more if they would have kind of cut it back. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just not it's not as strong as the first part of the suite. I mean, I pretty much said it before. Uh, uh, it's very noodly, kind of in certain parts, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just because of what came before it, I thought it could yeah, it just kind of didn't deliver uh kind of like well, th- yeah to be fair too like you can't if you terminate this
1: you still have shine on you crazy exactly diamond. and that's it
4: kind
2: of exists, it yeah you know yeah right so, so yeah, yeah it's, and uh and I, and I and i'm actually gonna do the same chris um this also <laughs> was the part that i was least familiar with yeah and i was kind of looking forward to it but it didn't it wasn't a stocks on the rise it didn't kind of come up from the bottom of the pack for me uh part one definitely did and yeah, it's exactly the same, you know, reasoning. Like you have part one there. It kind of states the purpose. I like everything that's going on there more. I, I don't need a bookend thing. And honestly, closing the album with Wish You Were Here seems kind of cool to me. Um, I mean, there's some great parts in this song, but I just... Exactly,
4: yeah. not as a whole, it's I, not, yeah. I just,
2: like, if I, if I ask myself, all right, if I'm going to go back to this album, is this like a song that I would just kind of pick... And it's the one that I would absolutely say no to. Like, I would absolutely go to everything else on this record to, like, revisit. And this one, it would just kind of be like, all right, well, I'm finishing off the album. Might as well just keep it on. Kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, talent, talent-wise, talent yes, but just out of, like, a necessity, uh, it's already there. It's yeah. already there.
4: Yeah. Oh, boy. Interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wait, here we go. Is he going
4: to use? I'm going to be the antagonist. Terminate?
3: I'm going to be the antagonist that I am, and I'm going to use the second buy. Wow. Okay. Just because you have to listen to the whole thing all the way through <laughs> because of me, you got to get through all the parts of it. You got to hear the funk part. You got to hear the the funeral part. Yeah, right. I don't know that that like that's my favorite part of the record. Cause it has all these different parts and it's like, like an adventure I know it's ch- cheesy, but like, no, that's true. Uh, like it, I, I wonder what you're going to think of animals, uh, Alex, because like, or really all of you guys, cause it is like so long. The songs are, it's another five song album. It's, they're all like really long and they all have like parts like this one. Yeah. Th- this one like reminds me of animals because of that. Like the parts are so separate from each other. Mm-hmm. That this song to me is like, you know, it's three different songs, which technically it is. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like each part I love, like as soon as I'm getting sick of one part, this new like synth comes in and then like the piano comes in and like, yeah, I don't know. It's
5: great. So Kevin- is another song that batted for the cycle, didn't it? If I'm
1: not uh, mistaken. It did yeah. It, it, so Kevin, it, would you if if it's on your playlist <coughs> twice and you would have it in order one and two, would you listen or would you ap- would you ap- appreciate this album more? Had they done Shine on You Crazy Diamond as side A and then the other three as side B, kind of how what they did before? Because I've
3: listened to live sets and like they played it together, they played like the whole thing through, and for some reason it like didn't hit. Is like I was like it was weird. And like, I don't know. Maybe it's just nostalgia. I've like listened to this since I was twelve, and like I just know it to like come back. Right. And like something about like you've gotten through the whole record, and then "Shine on, Crazy Diamond" part two comes, and like the like lead, like the big chorus happens again, mm-hmm. like the da na na na. That like really yeah. like
0: yeah.
5: That's why I'm, I'm not... saying it's like it's back, and it's it's. That's why I loved this section. Yeah, These it's like an opera. Come like, back. It, like, yes, yeah. exactly. the overture, and now we're closing, Great. and then the same with the, know, wall, with the wall in the flesh. Yeah. It ends in and the yes. flesh
3: with the wall is the same yeah. way, where like you flip the CD, and it's like a different, a slightly different version, and it's like. <laughs> Makes it this theme. Right. Yeah.
4: No, I, I get it. Yeah. It's I just... think my biggest problem with it, I think, is just yeah the length. Because, like I so said, there are a lot of great uh, parts on here, especially that part with that weird, funky kind of <coughs> bass and keyboard part. I really liked that a lot. And that's why I kind of struggled with this song. Because I'm like, man, what a great kind of. Because you don't hear that on anything else on the record. <laughs> uh, even yeah. Even in any mm-hmm. of the uh, Shine On You Crazy Dad. That was like the one thing that wasn't like the first part. Uh, mm-hmm. but again yeah it's almost 13 minutes here I it's it, yeah it's just not as yeah it doesn't have the weight of the first part and well yeah. it's
1: interesting because they did this format at least two times and you know Genesis did it with trespass and you know like one side of the record is an epic. A journey, an yeah. overture, uh, a middle section, exploratory. It breaks down, it builds back up, it reiterates, and then it you know marches out. And then the other side is just kind of your traditional seven to five minute songs, you know. And, and they could have done that, but they didn't. I, I don't know. Like it just didn't. Uh,
3: right.
1: Maybe they were tired of that format. Maybe everyone else had been copying that format. There's just That's a, true. A, a strong reason. Twenty one twelve it. too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: the whole first side mm. of twenty one twelve is just its own piece. Yeah. Yeah. And then like same thing with hemispheres. And that's why I was saying on, on this last episode, like listeners may think like, Oh, I'm flushing these long songs and I have no attention span and I don't care. But like the second half of caressive steel, necromancer and Fountain of Lamneth, Amazing. Like I could sit through that stuff all day and dissect it and love it. So
3: I, I don't think you're going to like animals then. I I don't know.
2: (laughs) I'm, I'm very excited to listen to it because I've heard a lot of people say it's like their favorite. And yeah. I don't know it, so like I'm, ex- I'm genuinely excited yeah. to put it on. Maybe tonight for the first time. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> we'll see. Wow, that's that's a uh, I don't know. You, you can't have spared fifty minutes in your life at some point. <laughs> at least it's an <laughs> yeah. like it's not oh, that it's obscure. Crazy, but uh, you know, there, there. It's just uh, it makes it more fun too. But yeah, that closes it out. And I think that the only song I'm looking at my markings here that. Uh, got a universal pass was the first uh, shine on you crazy diamond three loves and two buys strong performance there everything else had a detractor of some sort um so interesting uh, way that the format runs through that because uh, i guess shine on you crazy diamond survives so congratulations to the kevins who bought that seems as though that's the consensus so uh for the 30 seconds that represents this album uh, Kevin Kylie. I'll let you go and see if do you have a, a moment here that you say is most representative of where the band is at that time that will ultimately
3: open up our show ooh I'm, I'm gonna be honest I, I forgot <laughs> <laughs> but, so that the, I'll use that as you know like an instinct like what is my gut I think it's gotta be in sh- the first shine on you crazy diamond and I think it's somewhere between like the lead, I don't know. Throw a chunk of, give me thirty seconds of anywhere like early on and shine on your crazy diamond. Like when drums come in and everything, that's that's it for me.
2: When they like oh, literally, good. I
3: think when the drums come in and all I, that, that's, that's I know fine. what you're saying. Yeah, like you
4: got, the, you got the you got the you got the four note line and then it cut You got the, like the dum 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 and then it goes into yeah, the yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, that's fine yeah.
0: for
2: me. I, yeah. I I agree with that.
4: we're just
1: missing vocals though that's the only thing yeah i mean if i could get
3: fit vocals into it sure but like that's so huge that intro like with the drums and like i can't even imagine seeing that live like yeah for the first time like
1: i mean would this be a better representation think about that that is, is that is kind of more cool transition. Iconic? is that more that. representative than the
2: intro no but <laughs> I, think uh, that, I don't uh, think so i mean i appreciate that you're great. wanting to, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. A, i appreciate you want to fit the vocals in there but like i'm picturing like, like it's
1: such an important part of it the whole full out
0: shine it is you i mean that's just yeah. normal
4: I mean, but it, as far as yeah the music, uh, the pink floyd musical effect i think just the not spoken yeah just that and that normal intro i think really s- is more representative of pink floyd in 75 yeah
3: kind that is of, also yeah. a huge part with the backup singers It's a very dark side of the movie, yeah. too it,
1: it that's what uh, i was going to say uh, uh, it yeah, that's might good. feel
3: a little dated but yeah it, it, it's kind of yeah. like us and them yeah i think that yeah or, maybe
4: that's more yeah. uh, maybe that's more indicative of of where they were uh, on the previous album, but I don't know. I think on this one, I think that uh, the, just that instrumental intro, I think, is more of a, yeah. Well, that's more. Well, that's yeah, th- what
3: I, I mean. That's what I think of. Is it your favorite thirty seconds or mo- no, thirty no, no, seconds
4: the, representative yeah, of the record? The record. It doesn't necessarily yeah, mm. not your favorite. Uh, like, yeah, if you that. had
2: to pick thirty seconds that like wrap up the whole album, if you if you can sure. find a section to do that, I I, I think that for
3: the f- that that could wrap it up too. Yeah, it's that designed to work.
2: capture somebody like with no
1: attention span. Like, dude, dude, thirty seconds. Check this out. And then, okay, I'll give you a little bit more. And yeah. then you go with the buys and you say, now you dig into it. So yeah. really it's the hook, you know, I, we're trying to find really the crux of it.
4: Yeah. I think the, I think the, I think the instrumental, I think is more of uh yeah. Cause again, it kind of builds, uh, where again, the singing part is just, I mean, that's something Pink Floyd was doing before. Yeah. On the last record, uh, where with the, with the shine on intro with the four notes and going into the drums and with the guitar, uh, like, but yeah. you're
1: not saying like I, I feel like that that hook just literally hooks me in more.
4: Well, it's got more energy. I'll agree. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. But it's not necessarily yeah representative of this particular because uh, you're kind of you're kind of alluding more to the fact now that you like it more. But that it's not. Uh, but with this section, yeah. we're not necessarily talking about what we like the most. It's what represents this particular. That's mode. Tough
3: though, because the other songs don't sound like that either. No, so, it I does. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I But this th- is the meat of it though. This I kind of the- just picked my favorite 30 seconds of it. Yeah. That's what Yeah. I but I think it was. Yeah, but either way. Yeah, I
4: think you were I th- yeah, you know. Kevin, I think you were right I mean, as far as the wish you were here moment. I think yeah, just that that it, that first section of wish or of uh Shine on I think is yeah, that just that's what I think of when I think of this record. That's the first thing. Not that I don't love the yeah. shorter songs, but I really as far as really picturing this moment uh, when this as far as yeah that that record, i, I agree the...
2: like as soon as i hear that clean arpeggiated intro it's like yeah. boom i i see the album right cover i know what year it is yeah like it's you so you are. yeah yeah and just i'm just picturing like opening up the podcast and it just kind of building up like that's kind of cool i i get both arguments but we got to get a tiebreaker yeah. here yeah
0: yeah,
1: I, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with with either, and it's just uh, more of a matter of just upping the energy level. I think, and uh, I mean, there's just there's. Uh i guess if you think of it like uh this is kind of dated too but um those tv commercials that would sell those best of cds yeah I remember they mm-hmm. would scroll through the song yeah. and they would have a highlighted yeah. song and then it would play like the 30 second clip like yeah. from that and then it would scroll on some well more, yeah then, then I, I mean I, I could that's what
4: we're looking yeah, for here. yeah i mean I, I could see that with the vocals, but i mean but here just uh, within this discussion talking about pink floyd i think yeah does that sell a record does that i mean
1: is that which sells a record more to you? Like that, the the full out vocals and just just all you yeah. know full out emotion. I just feel like the singing is so emotional and the topic is. is so emotional. Yeah, it that is. You're it, missing it is, that. but
4: it's something. Yeah, again, that they were. Yeah, because again, you're kind of changing the the format of of, of this section. Is
5: I'm going to go ahead and back Mark on this one. Damn it! Oh, just to make it interesting. We've
1: got a curveball thrown in. Somebody open the gate. <laughs>
5: make right, the show all,
1: longer. Well,
4: luckily, there's, yeah. luckily there's we're five of us. We're
2: trying to wrap this show up, and this is the longest Somebody's fucking section. Filibustering. <laughs>
4: all right, Alex, what do you think? All yeah. right,
2: fine. I'll, I'll
1: back up Mark here. Damn it. Let's get the guest. Let's get the guest. Let's get the guest. You be the tiebreaker.
3: Yeah. Is there... Is there 30 seconds that meets
2: both? I was hoping for that, actually. Don't find, don't go for. You don't have to search. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm. wish matter. you were here. Um, I, I. It's just like if, if only there was a way to get that arpeggiated intro and the chorus, "Shining You Crazy Diamond" part in one. That
5: yeah. would be. You know, I'll play it. At, I'll play it at 20x speed yeah sure <laughs> play it at
3: 20x speed May- or cut it splice it yeah maybe make a remix do the radio edit yeah. and then that's my 30 seconds
4: alright I'll let you guys be there because I'm kind of standing firm just based on the uh,
3: on, on the rule on the rules ro- ro- yeah, yeah. of this section my favorite 30 seconds of the intro if you wanted to sell the record uh, then yes like, well, the vocals, we yeah, to, like, I mean that'll hook you. Put it, make a commercial for it, then yeah.
1: Well, maybe work. that could be the uh, subtle statement made that the track should have been edited so that the best parts were a little bit more no, digestible. No, it shouldn't have been edited. No. Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a good solid 26 minutes and one second. Yep. <laughs> Jeez, I like long songs, and I'll listen to 20-minute yes all day, but uh, 26 minutes of Pink Floyd, that's uh, a tough side
3: okay all right that's what i but want i want more of whatever it. you want <laughs> no, it, is, it is probably the longest song i listen to probably but yeah. uh so what are we doing yeah, so 20,
4: 26 minute version of Shemus? Okay. so am i so am i just throwing in my towel and just saying okay you guys do what you want what are we, so what's the scoop i think we're gonna edit it
5: kevin will edit I it okay I, I i'll make an exception and edit it this time okay
2: I'm looking forward to this actually, a new new remix. Yeah,
5: well, hear how it sounds. And yeah. then uh, just to close
1: out the show, anybody change their rating? Sounds like everyone's flying their flag yeah. high at number nine. Yeah, um, I'm at an eight point five. Anybody want uh, to make a movement on their statement?
5: I'm staying where I'm at. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm gonna stick at nine.
2: Yeah, I think I'll stick. I, I and I I was gonna say. I think it's the benefit of only being a five track album is helps it a lot. Like if this had as many songs as dark side, they have more chance for failure, but they play, I think they played it safe and we're just like, there's like no filler here. Cause there's not really yeah. where like, yeah, on a mm-hmm. ten, 10, 11 song album, you can kind of find at least something to get rid of, but here it's so hard. So right. overall, <laughs> I think it's a better album than dark side. If like getting what you pay for, I guess
4: it's kind of funny because I know David Gilmore with those two other songs that they were playing live in the on the previous tour that he I guess he was he reluctantly kind of just went along with Roger and cut two of those songs that I guess he really wanted to push uh, and it was one of the one time I guess where yeah Roger his instincts were kind of correct as far as keeping it the way that it was as far as length and song and number of songs uh whether yeah. they or, whether they or, oh yeah. what
1: that would lead to
4: yeah oh well, yeah then now it's Roger's the man <laughs>
3: but... I've have come to appreciate Roger over the years more and more. And as I don't know, like I used to be, it's flopped where I used to be like pro David and Roger was the brain, man. He,
0: mm-hmm.
1: When he know, came out it was not to open here, another discussion. It was, man. it was, he was on his game. Like, he was yeah. just right on top of it. You know, it's funny, the way we go through these, and, you know, how I was such a, a Sammy Van Halen guy, and then I started to really be like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get why why Dave is is, is uh, loved and revered by that era of the band. But, uh, you know, as we're going through this, I think I have to, um, yeah, I'm going to have to bump it up a half point. Round me out with a 9-2. We'll all give it nines. Nines are free. Nines are cheap. They're they're flying here. Yeah, I'm gonna bump a half point because even on the songs that I terminated, like wish you were here, the uh, the closeness of it and the intimacy of it really work. And uh, you know, again, it's just more of a matter of I feel like it really was a closer used improperly, which is really such a technical reason to to even give it an eight point five. So. Yeah, uh, that brings it up to the best Pink Floyd album for me, uh, right there neck and neck with Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and it seems to be the best Pink Floyd album, Consensus so yeah wow that was a uh, uh a good effort from the band and uh yeah appreciate you kevin for jumping on and uh and guesting thanks here always good me. to hear another opinion and uh kind of maybe put us in our place we're getting a little too out of hand <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes it gets wild but uh yeah that was a lot of fun and uh yeah maybe we'll see you again on another uh uh guest episode discography whenever but uh, again thanks for joining sure. yeah,
3: yeah thanks, thanks for having me it was fun cool
1: all right, and uh, that closes. Wish you were here and we'll see you two years later with animals next week. See ya then.